This is the Lingaholics Podcast with Cody, Marcus, and Ian, where we dive deep into conversations about the experiences and endeavors of the language learning life. On this pod, we feature a wide variety of guests and topics with nonstop passion and nonstop fun. There's no last call for Lingahol, so come on in and join the show. counting counting live here we go folks ladies and gentlemen this is episode 49 of the lingaholics podcast we are on the brink of episode 50 we just got one more to go and then we are there for episode 50 we're going to keep everybody in the loop on twitter about a special special guest we got lined up for that episode but that's for next episode we're on this episode here so how's it going the hot pod summer is simmering on uh lots of things personally with just the languages Uh, i've been going real hard on my german and korean with a pinch of dabbling as always a little pinch so that's always fun and then also not personally but out there in the world in the wide world big world events happening uh cuba things happening in cuba a country very dear to me the country that inspired me to learn spanish we're gonna be diving in on cuba and kind of world affairs and languages and then also uh here in canada we have a governmental position known as the governor general and we have a new governor general and there's a language situation with that one so lots to talk about but let's check in with the fellas let's go around the horn here on our little fireside chat podcast marco sweco what's going on buddy oh did i say we're on Streamyard? Did I not? Did I forget we're that? On StreamYard. We're, we're on StreamYard, 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 not Zoom. So that means a return to YouTube. So yeah, we're not. back on YouTube. That's right. So if you're listening to this, you can come check us out on YouTube now. Nice. We got a nice little layout, a nice yeah. new fresh look. Uh, you know, yeah, it's still our original. Our still our original. Really nice. Right, but we've kept the what would you call it? The uh, palm tree vibe. That's been mm, a get we're basically throughout. I like it because it feels like we're in the logo, you know? Like <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right now. It's like Animated. an interactive. It's nice. So, like if you don't, if you're not watching the video, we have a background here. Like where our video screens are superimposed on the palm tree background that we have yeah. in our logo. 
Right. So that's nice. No, I'm very happy with StreamYard. Very impressed. Very impressed. Easy yeah. interface to work with. You can be creative. And then with a little bit of Photoshop skills, you're able to create a very nice, decently looking layout. Hey, so maybe we'll do some streams for this as well. Some live streams. See if we can live get some streams. streams to come in. All yeah. of us. Our buddy Seabolt, lots of live streams. So I think he yeah. used he, he used that last. He's used StreamYard. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, thanks yeah, for man. throwing it over to me. And yeah. you know, I just uh, I just listened to Ace Buck. Ace Buck's got the new app. Um, super Aussie. interesting with uh, yeah. um, La Chica, Sofia, La Chica, Sofia. Super interesting. Super interesting. Honestly, like Ace yeah. Buck, he's 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 awesome. Honestly, like he is uh he's such a personable and likable guy and you know for you know intelligent people like that i feel like that is very rare because you know i've been in academia a lot and i've dealt with intelligent people a lot of intelligent people and they tend to be very arrogant <laughs> they tend to be very arrogant but but ace is not like not ace. Always very humble personable guy mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a podcast host, he asks really interesting and insightful questions. Um, let me see if I can think of a couple. So, so yeah. one interesting thing that that Ace was talking about, which I totally resonate with, and I want to ask you guys this as well, if you if you've ever experienced something like this. But he said something. So he's having a conversation with this chick, this lady, and the Miami, the Miami, and she said they were talking in Portuguese. You you listen to this too, right? The start, the start. Okay, but did you get to the Portuguese section? A bit, a bit of it. Uh, so, so she she was speaking in Portuguese, and mm-hmm. um, they were going back and forth between Portuguese and English, and then she said something in English, like very trivial. I don't remember mm-hmm. what it was. I think it was like save it or something like that, mm-hmm. like something mm-hmm. very trivial. And Ace didn't get it initially because he was he had his Portuguese filter on so he, he thought that she was speaking to him in portuguese so he didn't understand what she was saying even though she was speaking in english she said something in english and you know um and he obviously um then raised he he uh, he started describing this this experience of of the confusion that can occur when you when you jump back and forth between different languages and the, conf- the confusion that can occur when you're perceiving a language from a mm. different language filter. And I've experienced mm. this myself, mostly watching TV, I think, like jumping mm-hmm. to a new channel and initially mm-hmm. not understanding what the language spoken is because I'm viewing it. It's like, it's like I'm viewing it from different filters and I'm scanning through different filters until, until a filter that I have matches the language that is spoken. Mm-hmm. And this has sometimes happened in like English and Swedish as well, where they're speaking in Swedish, but initially it doesn't click. Okay. It initially doesn't resonate. Like initially I'm, I'm scanning through the different languages and then until I hit like my Swedish filter and then I perceive the, the, the interaction or the, or the speech through Swedish and then I understand it. Like, it's very strange. It's a very strange, um, mm. it's a very strange uh, phenomenon. But sometimes a language that is one of your, it can even be your, your native language. You don't understand it initially because you don't know 
what the situation, you don't know what the language is. So you have to put on your right filter. And like this can happen in Spanish. It's even, it's even more common in Spanish, like the languages where you aren't as, that you aren't as strong in. It's like Spanish, Portuguese, French, like you can turn on something and then it takes some, it takes a while until you recognize what language the conversation, the speech is in. Is that anything, is that anything you guys have ever experienced? Are you talking about like, okay, Cody, go ahead. Yeah, I've, I've had experience with that. Like, I, I don't know. I don't remember if I've talked about this on the pod, but I've talked about this with someone in, in, in real life that, um, when when I'm when I hear some people speaking English, I don't need to pay attention. Like it's just automatic. I don't even need to listen to what they're saying. I'll just I'll just hear and understand automatically what they're saying. But with any of my other languages, I find like that I actively. You're right. So I, I've had the same experience with that. Like I need to go through the filters. I guess when I hear a foreign language, I'm like it takes that initial second and you're like, okay, what language is this? And then you hear it and you're like, oh, okay, it's that language. And I think for, for mine, all of them at this point, like that filter is that filter process is, doesn't take very long. It's, it's almost instant, but it's not like English instant. No, for so, sure. So, yeah. So sorry. I, I, I it's, it's a short period it. of time where I'm only talking yeah, no, like yeah. it's on the magnitude of seconds. That this oh, it's yeah, a state absolutely. of confusion where you don't understand what is being said. Yeah, so like I'll only in the very beginning. need to say like, hey, which language is this? But then I, I get it right away. And after that, I find that I actively need to pay attention to the conversation. Because if I don't, then I just won't know what's happening. Like I can't just automat I can't just sit there and automatically absorb whatever they're saying. Like I need to actively listen are you talking about like identifying the language or just getting a, no, a, bear, no, a bearing on my best explanation of this is is filters language filters so you're talking you about like have getting a bearing the on the context of what no, you're just putting on the mindset of listening to a specific language uh, and okay. this, this this yeah. has happened to me in every single language including swedish and english no, Ian, I'm talking about like actually understanding what's happening in the conversation. Right. So like, under, like understanding okay. everything they're saying. That's yeah. different from what I am like, when you, about. Are you talking about like, like putting on a song, putting on a TV show, hearing people oh, I, talk? I'm, like what actually, kind of context are we talking about? I'm talking about um, like hearing people on the street. Like hearing okay. a conversation when you're walking around. So, so this is not you're you're not really hitting the point here because this happened to Ace in this inter- interview where he thought that Sophia was speaking to him in Portuguese, but she was speaking to him in English. Oh, oh, and he oh, didn't understand what, what she was saying. Oh, that, oh, so he's oh, like that? so focused on the language that he yes, he's oh, so focused he expects yeah. to hear something okay. in Portuguese that when she said she said something in english to him he didn't understand it Mm. and i have experienced that as well where someone is speaking to me in a language that is one it it could be swedish it could be english it could be spanish but i don't initially understand what is being said because i am expecting something else to be said in another language 
Yeah, I've I've had that um I've had that a few times. That that doesn't happen to me too often though. No, it's not often. I'm just saying, has it ever happened? Like has yeah, anyone it's happened ever... to me. Well, like when we go camping, like when we're hanging out with our buddies Alejandro and Jose, when they talk amongst each other, I have to definitely lean my ear in. Like when that's what talking I was about paying that's, attention. That's because what I was amongst about. native speakers themselves. I feel like they like elevate it to an even yeah, higher level. Absolutely. Of, and then it's just like, whoa, <laughs> like, and that even that's when you've just moved further away from your, your standard, you know, everybody, okay. In Arabic, everyone talks about, uh, there's modern standard Arabic, which is, um, yeah. Cody, I feel like I'm echoing in your speaker. Cody, some reason. Cody come oh, on. Man. Sorry. Something's sorry. happening. Um, Okay, there's modern standard Arabic, right? And then they start differentiating. You got Egyptian Arabic, Syrian Arabic. Like that's the one language you hear it really often differentiated where, you know, there's not really courses for El Salvadorian Spanish, Cuban Spanish, Argentinian Spanish. It's something that's definitely different. But I find like we as learners of second languages, I find we start off with that very standardized version to start unless you're like maybe learning in like a particular local context and then it branches off into its specialization so when people are like alejandro and jose are already like riffing yes, but, to each other you're, you're, you're i feel still, like whoa that's it's even higher level to to grasp it yeah but you're still not getting what i'm what i'm what i'm trying to no, say no, i know and you're saying like like say alejandro was speaking to me for 10 minutes straight in spanish then like does 10 seconds in english is that what you're saying Sure, sure. Like, or let's say, let's say, um, like this happened to me in Spain. I was living in Spain, and like I was so used to doing things in Spanish, in Castellano, perhaps. And then someone would say something in English or yeah, like off or guard. something. And initially, I wasn't expecting to hear that language, right. so I was just thrown off. You're thrown off for mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, but but and but, then but maybe it's the, by native speakers. Yes, but the the most common example of this that I've like, that I've experienced is watching TV. So putting on a new channel, a new program, and then initially not like it taking a couple seconds to just identify the language. If that makes any sense. To me, but it's, it's the context. Like if I just switch on to the middle of a friends episode, I yes, go like, what, what would happen? What just yeah, happened? But then, then you know, it's friend. Then you know, it's friends. But let's say you, you throw on a political debate. Sure. A, a random Whatever. channel. A random yeah. channel, and let's say you're in, in you're in Canada, so it could be French or English. Uh -huh. It just takes like one second yeah. or two seconds, perhaps, to just identify the language. And those first totally. in those first two seconds, what what you're hearing is gibberish, like it's complete gibberish for like two yeah. seconds. It's and then you're like, oh, it's English. So I throw on my English brain, my English English filter, yeah. or maybe it's French. So I throw on my French filter. Or maybe right. it's Spanish, so I throw in my Spanish filter. But the first couple seconds, it's just complete gibberish. Like, it's yeah. complete gibberish. Yeah. The first two seconds. Everything here is just nothing. You don't understand anything. And then, oh, wait, they're speaking in English. If I was to, like, go jump in my car right now and pop on the French radio, I don't know, because I'm so Pavlonian trained. That it's such a strong I think that's different. That's different. Okay. I'm just wondering how many of these like switch up situations are you finding yourself in? 
No, rare. Like I know Ace is Griffin. Rare. Rare. Yeah, okay. It's rare, but it, it has happened, yeah. and it's a very weird sensation. That's, that's yeah. all I want to say. All I can say is, uh, in terms of like language switching, shifting, because I speak Spanish and French, I don't know if it's just the reps that I get on a given day when I see a kid. And if that kid's a Spanish kid or if that kid's a French kid, I can switch instantaneously. Now, that's not me interpreting it. That's me switching it directly. But if there's like two Spanish kids and two French kids, like I can address each one like very quickly. And I think that's just been a thing of practice mm-hmm. over the years yeah. where like it's kind of fun, actually, because you're like, say you're talking to one kid for like 10 seconds and you switch over to the other kid for like five yeah. seconds. And you go back to the other kid. So that switching languages is kind of like surfing, but I think I know what you're you're saying is something different. Right. I think Surfing's one I think one could argue that that's like the reason to be a polyglot is that <laughs> feeling you get when you like switch between languages. <laughs> like, you feel like you're conducting an orchestra. Yeah, it's, yeah it's it's pretty sweet. You're like but, running this conversation orchestra. Guys, yeah. I didn't want I didn't want this to take up too much time. I just wanted to no, acknowledge. No, no. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's a long form podcast. Yeah, it's man. a long form podcast, but maybe we should shift gears. So well, with that being said, yeah. with that being said, I'm gonna give the word over to our Korean man. Uh it's early morning. Exactly. It's early morning there in Seoul. So uh yeah, yeah how you doing, bud? Yeah, it's nine. Well, it's nine o'clock, so it's not super early morning, but it's early enough. When do and people get really... after it? Like, do people get up Uber early in Korea? Like, what's the deal there? Uh, it's about the same as back home, maybe half an hour or an hour earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but people okay. definitely don't screw around here. That's for sure. No, they get after it. Yeah. Yeah. And they usually, they usually work a little bit later too. Right. So like the working hours are generally longer here. Like even, um, when you, when I was looking for jobs here, just like, especially in Seoul, like the long, the working hours were really longer than i'm used to but uh i lucked out with this new position that i got so yeah speaking of that i mean my new job is um is getting started kind of (laughs) last week i started training and this week they're on vacation and then after that i'm going to be starting like actually teaching classes so that's starting to to take off and um yeah i actually managed to get uh a bit of formal Korean studying in last week and even on the weekend, which is finally that felt bio, really good. Bio. Yeah. And um, yeah, I uh, just going back to my regular routine, which is nice. And yeah, just been getting a bit of Korean practice in here with some Korean native speakers because I mean, I'm living here. So mm-hmm. great opportunities to practice with people. Which is which is nice. So I think my um I think I've got a lot of the vocabulary for like everyday situations. Maybe that Ian right. might be struggling with right now. Might be. Yeah, it's I am, uh, I'm listening to lots of. You're right about yeah the everyday stuff. I've yeah, been thinking a lot about like like beginner resources, which there's plenty of material, which I am going through, but. I've always I've often wondered that like just that daily stuff and the disconnect, say from like a Pimbler yeah. or the first couple levels of talk to me in Korean. Because it's different. It's totally different. Cause like for example, I'm just trying to think of some examples. Like when you're with somebody for like the whole day, 
mm-hmm. and you need to go through the day together, right? Right. Like, what kind of vocabulary do you need to use? Correct. You need to say, like, hey, like, open the door or, like, give me the towel or something like that. Yes. Like, hey, can you can you grab this for me? Or, like, just, like, stuff like that. It's, like, that's mm-hmm. stuff that you usually don't learn in any kind of course by yourself. Yeah, like, I feel like taking, like, a Pimsler course, right? Like... If everyone's if everyone's done one Pimsleur course, you basically know what the organizational structure is for the rest of their languages because they don't change it, which can be good and bad. But the point is, like, like Cody's making, like, I think a point of a course like Pimsleur is just to get like structures in your head. It's not necessarily those little like, uh, hey, can you clean the table? Like very very practical level things, which I feel like something. That needs to be addressed definitely in one's beginner levels. Mm-hmm. So, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's so okay. funky. <laughs> like going, starting a new Pimsleur course, and then like you get into the episodes <laughs> when they start talking about like going to a restaurant. And they're like, okay, yeah, like, this again. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I've been to it, and uh, what are they? Because they always say the city you're in. You're in Kiev, and it, and it, sitting next to the woman. And right, right, now right. You're it's in, always like now an you're American. In Seoul. You, you are an yes. American man sitting next to a Korean woman in Seoul. <laughs> <laughs> a Korean woman leans over and asks for the newspaper. <laughs> yeah. You respond, like, I don't have it. <laughs> and then you get, the, then you get the, the, the sentence structure. Oh, in Korean. man, it does <laughs> not change. It does not change. It's the same in every language, which is kind of brilliant. Like, there's no curveballs coming out yet. No curveballs. Like, now you're in Hanoi. If you're learning multiple languages, I think that's actually really useful. Because then your your brain your brain knows what to expect, right? Right. Because Margaret, you've done okay. You've done Portuguese. Did you do French back in the day? I have. Okay. So let's go through my Pimsleur achievements. (laughs) Your Pimsleur resume. I have gone through one um, uh, levels one through five in Spanish. Pimsleur. There's five. I've gone through levels Spanish? one through five in nice. French. Le Pimsleur. Le Pimsleur. I have gone through levels one through five in Portuguese. There's there's five for Portuguese. Oh oh wait. Man, I've been not. Pa- I've been not wait. Up. There's four. There's four. There's four. And then I've gone through the advanced ones in German, but I, don't, I only think there's like three in German. So I think I don't. I, I did three level three in German. Yeah. So I've yeah, done yeah. quite a lot of pims, and then I pinched around in uh, with um, Russian, obviously. Right. I, 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 thing. Yes, I did Russian, and I've, I have the. I I should. I have the Italian one. I think. Yeah. All uh-huh. one through five, so I think I'm gonna. Right. I'm gonna do the five levels in Italian at some point in the relatively near future. I think I'm gonna wait until 2022 to do that because uh, I'm not in a hurry, you know. Whatever. No, no, no rush. No rush. Oh, here, you don't but, need no to rush. be in a hurry. No, it's no language rush. learning. We're all taking our time. Language learning. Steady as so I'm gonna go. do that. I think I'm gonna do that in. Um, Starting January 2022, or sometime in early early 2022, I'm gonna start doing uh, Italian, Italiano, Italiano, un po', un po', un po' Italiano, parlare Italiano, un po'. 
<laughs> you must move your hands with the yeah, uh, yeah. This, this. <laughs> it's funny though i can make we can make like uh gestures for the video like, yeah yeah on youtube that's the, that's that's the incentive well, yeah well, if the, they're watching the it on YouTube. video yeah you, YouTube. Can, you get all the YouTube. side effects the video side effects all my hand gestures that's right so um, italian how did we start talking about pemsler cody saying how his daily he, he's picking up lots of daily vocab that you might not be able to pick up from a pimsler mm. was my point about that so yeah. it's something yeah and that might be like we've always talked about getting your tutor or kind of rehearsing those situations but when you're right in the you're right in the thick of it in the country itself then boom so cody oh. so how did, to get back on the formal study horse because with last episode ace talked about how the the longer you're off of it the more likely you might have like a, a suboptimal language learning day but it did, did it feel like just a sense of calm and because you are a routine based guy just to like every time every single time i crack open my books and i study i feel good afterwards 100 percent of the time that i never feel bad after studying right oh yeah, yeah. no yeah no that, yeah that's the same for me rarely i might get less done but because I, this is my hobby and passion yeah uh, mm, yeah exactly so, so i just felt really good about that and i just want to keep that feeling going i um i mean I think on the weekends, usually I don't do too much. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to be doing too much moving forward. We'll just have to see. But um, I mean, Monday to Friday, at least, especially since my schedule fits better for that now. Like I have my mornings free and then I work in the afternoon and the evening. So that gives me, I mean, all this time in the in the morning to just do whatever I want. Right. And that's when I set aside time for studying and working out and whatever cooking my lunch and things like that so don't you feel that's a good mix though like if you're going to be out and about doing things on the weekend in korea isn't that's like when you get to test out your stuff yeah exactly that's why i really want to study on the weekends because i want to be going out doing things totally yeah yeah i think it's like a that's a sweet balance actually Mm -hmm. yeah of the formal mix with the on the street yeah 100 percent. So practice. that's what i'm that's what i'm so, shooting for nice nice yeah yeah that nice balance mix of everything so sweet guys i'm gonna take a quick break i'll be right back okay all right yeah I'll no worries guys can we'll do a little we'll do a little uh we'll bridge it to our our today's topic uh, yeah once marcus gets back well okay i guess i can we'll fill marcus back in once he gets here basically yeah, sure. i'll give you i had the the idea for today's podcast they got inspired by recent events in cuba and set aside the fact that yeah cuba is even if i wasn't or really personally connected to the country fascinating country on its own but it just got me thinking about 
world events, things that happen in the news. You know, there's always there's always something in the news, right? Like freaking the pandemic has been the main stage, but now you got things like the Olympics, right? Like yeah, the news. Event. I feel like the news is like coming back. <laughs> what, what, what kind of news? Oh, the news, like oh yeah, like the variety. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it is too. I mean, like that was the weird thing about the pandemic. No, it was. Uh, did everything else in the world just stop? Yeah, it, pretty much. It might. It was just whenever. I mean, I think it depends on the country you're in too. But I mean, at yeah. least in in Canada, it was like the it it was at least three quarters of the coverage was COVID. Oh, totally right. Yeah, like any nightly newscast that you just tuned into, if it was not cases, infections, oh. hospitalizations, everyone so knows dumb. the drill. So dumb, man. Masks, everything, right? This country yeah. stats, that country stats. And the part that and gets then... me the most about it is that everybody's just sick of it too. Like you ask anybody about, like I think um, there were a lot of news companies back home and also like cbc and everything like that in canada mm-hmm. the, their number one complaint over the pandemic has just been shut up about covid like yeah talk, talking right. about it because everyone just gets so sick of it yeah and i mean i think the important thing is to remember okay everyone's just gotta like it's so weird now trying to think back 2019 and before like on any given news day before 2020, you were gonna get like such a variety of stories. Mm-hmm. Like nothing could hold the the attention span. Nothing could have a grip on it quite like the pandemic. Yeah. Then, like, if it wasn't a war or a natural disaster, or a, mm-hmm. you guys remember when that plane went missing in Malaysia? Like that had a. But that was like, like forever ago. I know, but at least that. when it yeah. happened, when it happened, it was like a thing for like a month, like like grip people but then eventually yeah, but that even eventually then that it, lost me too even then it didn't have the same grip on people that uh covid does well no like it might have only been like a month like 10 minute segments for a month long yeah no totally but then it, it eventually faded too yeah <laughs> like um but anyway okay so marcus we were just talking about news the nature of news now cody mm-hmm. made the comment that news is coming back as in, there's like a bit of a variety now, it seems. It's just from like yeah, a mainstream. Finally. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. No, no, no. So, we're just setting the stage. I brought up just today's topic being Cuba and then more just tying that to world events. And then now to tie this to languages, I've just been fascinated with the interplay of foreign affairs foreign events and the role that language plays specifically with getting stories from on the ground in many different Mm -hmm. places Mm -hmm. to get a clear um i'm not saying like an english broadcaster say in cuba right now can't make it clear but i just feel like you're closer to it when you're consuming something in a native language so that's just that was my first card played on this so topic. If, if if i may play my first card yes something i want to say to introduce this topic so i'm a big 
I'm not going to say fan of the news, <laughs> but I'm a big <laughs> um, consumer of news. Consumer? In yeah. general. Yeah. And I am aware that if you are a big consumer of news, um, you you risk uh, there are you you risk experiencing uh, uh, you risk being getting a myopic view of the world if you know what I mean like you if you only watch CNN right. for example you're gonna get a certain perception of the world or Fox News or CBC yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or whatever you're gonna get a certain view of the world that may not be accurate right if you only read the new york times that might be detri detrimental as well to your worldview right so if you limiting, are limiting right right so if you are consuming news it is very important that you be um aware or that you sure. that you make sure that you are taking in a great variety a great diverse that you have a diversity in the amount in the quality of the news in the in the sources that you have a diversity in sources of news sources right that's totally. very important that's very important because you have mm -hmm. to you have to see you have to listen to different arguments you have to get different perspectives on uh, global affairs and events right global events and this 100%. is where languages come in this is where languages come in so what i do and mm -hmm. what i've been doing as a language learning technique is to subscribe to news channels all over the mm -hmm. world in the languages that I'm learning. So I, on a regular basis, yeah. I watch news from Spain, mm -hmm. Mexico, um, Latin America, all, all over Latin America, Argentina, wherever, right? I watch mm -hmm. news from Quebec, I watch news from France, and I watch news from Germany and mm -hmm. Sweden for that matter. So I have yeah. like five different languages that I get my news in on top of you know all the different um news sources in english that i that i uh, consume right. on a regular basis and there are two benefits to this one there's the obvious language benefit or there there, there it's it's it, there's a wide variety of of benefits to this but the yes. obvious benefit for for our purposes here is that you get a language benefit but second of all you get insight into uh, how what the main news stories are in the country where in the country where the news is coming from right so i'm watching, yeah. I'm watching spanish no, news and i'm learning all about like what's going on current events in spain right mm -hmm. which is super right. interesting it gives you an insight a unique insight that you wouldn't get if you wouldn't if you didn't speak speak and understand spanish the same thing goes for anywhere right totally but it, totally. it's also interesting and especially with a thing like covid with an event like covid mm, yeah watch uh -huh. news in other parts of the world to see what's totally. going on, how are their news yeah. media um, mm -hmm. portraying what's going on, what's the information that those people, like the, the Spanish population, are getting and whatnot. Like that's super interesting. And then you can compare. Correct. You can yes. compare between like comparing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Compare it between different uh, countries, different languages, because there's totally. always going to be, be differences. Always totally right um so that's my intro on news in general news and languages mm -hmm. and the benefit yeah. that you get from consuming news in different languages wide varieties yeah a wide variety right the diversity that you get 
it oh, helps absolutely. it helps to it helps to create a a more comprehensive worldview i think yeah yeah i feel like it's not only it just broadens it broadens your world. i mean it's broadened and then it's fascinating to get into the like you mentioned it's just the classic ones of right cnn fox news right always gets mentioned but then it's like okay what's the cnn and fox news of spain what's the cnn and fox news of nicaragua i mean because mm-hmm. you get it's like those two main uh whatever you want to call it like uh sides yeah right well, that, that division happens everywhere yeah in different countries i think to it's different degrees unique, man i think honestly oh. honestly i think you know you, you think that's unique have, you have news outlets that are um that have different ideologies so to speak yeah well, right. that. but yeah you know i've consumed a lot of news from a lot of different countries mostly western uh-huh. and, and latin american countries sure. right yeah but i've never seen anything that gets even remotely close okay. to the division and ideology between cnn yeah. and fox news okay yeah yeah i guess like that's unique but what ian's talking about is just like that like like there's always that division always exists yeah regardless of the country yeah obviously yeah, I mean, cnn cnn and fox news like blow it way out of proportion but <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. i mean like yeah. in every country like you're always going to have like left wing or right wing oh, news yeah. out, out. Right? yo for sure for right. sure but there's nothing like what's going on in the states no no, no. nothing nothing gets close to it yeah Right. I remember being in Honduras and being a volunteer in the barrios, this guy David and you know, David, whatever you want to like pretty pretty left wing and you know, he's working with orphan kids and Tegucigalpa and and you know, and then he just we'd pick up he'd show me different newspapers in Honduras and be like, This one is this one's like Las Derechistas, Los Goltistas, like uh showing like the different the biases right like it's it's interesting where a local could like point out to you like okay this is from this side this side this side and then here's this one he told me the ones he subscribed to which i wouldn't later check out and that's more kind of fitting towards the way he leaned and everything and that was just like on the ground in honduras so i think yeah it's it's like each of these countries media ecosystems are their own kind of if you're in if you're consuming something from that country it's interesting to put it in perspective and contrast with what else yeah. is available in that country right it's interesting it's really interesting so just an observation with the pandemic so spain for example yeah if you watch anything on any span spanish news outlet like it's covid constantly like it's crazy i'm it's way more than here it's even more than than canada Oh my god! It's constantly COVID. Were they, like, and, and do you Spain know what, what's happened. one of the main channels in Spain? RTV. Is that... RTV. That's the one I watch. But then there's okay. Uh, I, I don't remember. Yeah, I know it's RTV. It's hard that's track. the one that I watch. But it's constantly right. COVID, and and as a consequence of that, the Spaniards, I think, in my opinion, they have taken COVID a lot more seriously than maybe not Canada, but definitely definitely compared to the states, right? 
and that you can see that in vaccination rates as well like spain has surpassed the us now in vaccinations and it's still going up like similar to canada meanwhile the us is like okay whatever kind of so there's a translation there's a there's a connection there causal. between yes there's a causal there's a causal connection between how the news outlets media. and these con the media outlets in these countries report on the pandemic for example and the consequences how the, how how consequently the people react and behave. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. It's very yeah. interesting. And I mean, I think it's really important countries have media critics that point out their biases. Like a, a oh, favorite yeah. here in Canada is the podcast uh, Canada Land, it's called, run by this guy, Jesse Brown, who he pisses off the left wing and the right wing. Yeah. So he's my kind of guy. Um, and uh, yeah, and you like pointing out like biases. I think that's seeing yeah. and, like what's where's the emphasis in different. Uh, so I guess the question is, yeah, in each of these countries, it's because there's got to be like the the Canada lands of all these different countries if it's free and democratically open, or if it's yeah, or open enough have, that you can. You, have, you definitely have that. You definitely have that. Yeah, I mean, like that's the thing. Okay, so I think there's language variety, but then on top of that, you get your your uh, mainstream media in every country, but also your alternative sources mm -hmm. in every country as well, like yeah. a blog. Yeah, it's say. hard to find that though. It's hard to find because well, you got to be a bit of a hunter. You got to be a bit of a hunter. A little bit more hunter, yeah, like that. Kind of like finding language resources. So what we're talking yeah. about now is like we're diving into politics, right? So Somewhat, yeah. what's really interesting is trying to immerse yourself in the politics of the language you're learning. Yeah, yeah, two, that's true. Two great examples that I have, that I've experienced. One in Spain, the, okay. the politics of Spain are very, very divisive. <laughs> they're, they're now, is it divisive from the media or from the people it's, that you it, encounter? It's from the media. It's from the media, too. It's okay. Especially when it comes to certain things like language and languages. Mm -hmm very controversial very interesting to learn about and we've talked about this before about the pod it's right a re regionalism of spain regionalism. a very similar country experiencing very similar regionalism problems problems regionalism. with regionalism is canada yeah yeah no is canada right so learning for yeah. example learning french it's very interesting to watch quebecois quebec news and Quebec YouTube mm -hmm. channels and listen to Quebec political commentators perspective learn learn about their perspectives hear their arguments okay. super interesting right right have you, you heard anything really do that you can only really do that if you if you listen to them in French because if you listen to them in English it's not the same well do they even like to some some they wouldn't even be in English no, but I'm I'm, I'm right. thinking about what what's his face, the leader for the Bloc Québécois, the political party, the okay. Francois yeah. Legault or whatever his name. But it's not yeah. the same when you hear him speaking English. It's like, but I'm assuming he just has more in French to begin with. Yeah, yes, that's, that's what I'm saying. So like you sit yeah. down and watch or, or listen to a podcast with him or whatever. Right. Talking to other Quebecers in French about their feelings and political views and perspective and arguments, like it's fascinating. And you don't get yeah. that otherwise. 
Right. And you're still going to have, say, like a left and a right in French. But what that left and right is going to be talking about, is going to be different than the left and the right in Anglophone. Yeah, but it's not Canada just left and too. right. Like in Canada. Or uh, mainstream alternative or like, like in, whatever, in the how you US, slice it. In the U.S., it's very much left and right. But in Canada, it's it's regionalism. It's not really left and right. It's like yeah, the East right. versus the West and whatever, however you want to. Like it's not left and right. It's East versus West. I feel yeah, like. no, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know it's, if I would agree with that. I think it depends on we, the issue. But we're not really like, I'm, I remember the previous election. Like we're not really debating ideology anymore we're debating what to do with our read our problems with different provinces being pissed off at each other <laughs> well i, I don't know I, I would say that definitely exists but we also have a lot of left versus right debates yes yeah it depends on the issue on it mm-hmm. depends on the issue like, yeah. take lockdowns for example that was a I don't know if that was regional. It's you had regional approaches to it, but even then within those regions you had pros and people yeah people for it and people against it. Um yeah. but then yeah, like Quebec. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Well, Quebec had a arguably one of the strictest lockdowns until the Habs uh <laughs> finished that. Um, <laughs> uh but it would be interesting. I, I yeah i should have consumed more well even the thing like i listen to french radio but it's based here in alberta so they are still touching more on alberta issues yeah, but in, you still i didn't get... did know what the quebec discourse was about their pocatacadas their curfews the whole time they didn't I don't like know them. let me tell you they didn't like them how do you know they didn't quebec. like it is that from the quebec I media i talk to teacher from quebec oh yeah well that too right just friends and locals yeah, no, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, Abs- absolutely fascinating. Just uh, yeah, and and that's kind of the, yeah, tapping the into beauty. different optics. That's what I'm saying. Political optics. Political optics with, I don't know. Everyone's a Google and a YouTube search away now from probably finding a really interesting news channel. Now, I just found a new one yesterday when I was looking up stuff for this, uh, talking about Cuba today. It's called uh, La Resistencia and Movistar. It's basically like a Jimmy Kimmel of Spain. It was like, whoa, like, what is this? And here they're just, I didn't really know anybody. Like I was like going on YouTube channels and clicking on videos and looking at like what's there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know anybody. I was like, these must just all be like local Spanish big shots or well-known people in Spain but not so much like outside. So now it's like, you know, Jimmy Kimmel gets Brad Pitt and the Red Hot Chili Peppers on, but, you know, they're globally known, but we're in Spain's getting on their late night guests. It's probably most of the times just people known in Spain. So people completely off your radar, but unless you speak Spanish and are kind of adventurous on YouTube to find some of this stuff that's out there. That was just one example recently finding stuff so there's there's so much man there's, there's so, so much. much and it's fascinating oh totally right and it's just a matter of taking the time and this if i can draw a parallel line what you started off the show with about like catching what like not so much what language is this but like what the hell are they talking about like what what's, what's the big deal on the late night show in spain tonight like like what gets the conversation juices flowing 
like I have no idea. Like here in Canada, there's stuff going on, so I can kind of see what sparks conversation. But I don't know what starts sparks a conversation in late night TV show Spain. So yeah, no, it's I agree. Yeah, that's why it's so interesting. It's very interesting. So, so you got to take a moment to like sit back. Like, what am I watching here exactly? But it's a big deal. Like, you look at the views; it's got like a million views for different apps. It's like it's obviously big. But it'll comment. Oh, okay. I want to get into this. YouTube comments on different. Boxes. Oh. In, in other languages, specifically. What's What's the grimacing format? Yeah, that's okay. like the that's like the the, <laughs> like the dark pit of, of the scum <laughs> of humanity. At times, <laughs> on the video. Um, okay, can I jump to the jump the Cuba topic, Patra y Vida? Yeah, sure. let's go. Okay, so okay, let's give some the listeners some context that they haven't been following along with Cuba. So, uh, what's the day? The day is July twenty fifth. So two weeks ago, um, some protests broke out in Cuba, and. Um, you know, varying reports as to the cause of this. Is it COVID lockdowns? Is it government mismanagement? Is it 62 years of the communist regime that's ruling there? Pick is your it, is it the cause. US embargo? Is it the U.S. embargo? Yeah. El bloqueo? That's a big um, one. Lots of stuff happening, right? So as a Cuba follower for a lot of my life, on and off, since I've been there, 2009, it was like, oh, snap, like Cuba's going off. Um, and little, so not only is it like a news thing that's relevant to me, but then I the, uh, start reading on Twitter and then hear a slogan being touted, um, I think in Cuba itself, but it's hard to get footage now with less internet. Um access for the people to broadcast things but in miami like this patria vida is a slogan like is that just a random slogan that got thought up of that day no it happens to be a song by a band like i just really okay i'm a huge reggaeton fan but gente de zona who i just really like i show gente de zona in my spanish class they just have good music i actually didn't i didn't know they were political at all be completely frank i was kind of surprised but um so they have the song patria y vida with uh so this yo yo i can't say his name but he was actually one of the guys on that la resistencia and movie star late night show in spain and a couple other cuban rappers so they have this patria y vida song, vida song which if you read some articles on npr they, they really break that down so if you if you haven't been to cuba they're really all they're all about their revolutionary slogans there lots of jose marti che Guevara, che Guevara, uh, fidel castro's slogan so one of their slogans is patria o muerto it's a uh, from muerte sorry patria muerte it's like a huge revolutionary slogan there so a play on words there patria y vida homeland in life so kind of a bit of a jab there so anyway it's a it's a song like but it came out back in February, which I, I had not heard that song at yeah, all. Same, same. Right. It was like, oh, interesting. It's, it's, a, it's a good song. It's a good song. Like, even if I wish I would have heard it before it got like it's a political song got politicized, I guess. That's 
Like mm-hmm. the song has lots of baggage now. Um, but anyways, okay. How is it this... controversial though? Well, we can get into like the politics and the history and the references behind the song, but this all started from YouTube comments that got me going on this. Cause I was like, man, scanning YouTube comments. Yes. Cody's right. I, I don't really read them in English ever, but in a foreign language, I find them very fascinating because they're just like very informal language and just like spurts of thought, just like emotion and lots of emojis thrown in sometimes too. Mm-hmm. And I just find, I don't know, even if I'm not say picking up new vocabulary, I'm just seeing how people feel about something in another language. So I don't know if you guys have experience with YouTube comment boxes or message boards or I have, I have comments from like online comments or like colloquial language and text. Okay, like text it's message. Interesting. No, just in general. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Like Reddit, maybe. Okay. I don't, I don't really go yeah, on Reddit yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. But like, Reddit I mean, like a foreign language. Yeah. yeah, I've I've done Reddit. I try to do Reddit in like some of the like the European uh, subreddits because like for for Chinese and Korean like they they've got their own kind of yeah, online communities. Platform. But um, I mean for German, Spanish, and French, yeah, like all those countries use Reddit, and um, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting, um, just like reading the comment section in there. Um, I don't really like reading the Reddit comments. I don't know. Like I've here, I have a love hate relationship. Reddit's its own beast. Yeah, I have a love hate relationship with the Reddit comment section because, like, yeah. the top comments are usually really good. Like the top comments are there's a lot oh, of gold that's the upvoted, comments. the upvoted yeah. stuff. Right? But okay. then you get in like, um, like the when people start commenting on those, and then it starts like these new threads, I guess. Yes. And these new threads can go down like so long <laughs> until the next top comment. So I find myself just scrolling down through the next top comment because it's always just stupid things that they're talking about. Yeah. So, um, but, but I'm this, curious. This exists on the foreign language subreddits too. So I'm like, eh. I'm, I'm curious about the specific comments on um, the Patria Vida. Oh, overwhelmingly. Mm. Okay, two interesting things. Okay, one, overwhelmingly in favor of the song. Um tied to what's currently happening in Cuba. So, I mean, tying this into like world affairs, it's interesting as knowing Spanish as a Spanish speaker consuming this song. Cause if you didn't speak Spanish, I guess you could listen to it. You could kind of get the emotion of the song. You could listen to it. You could read a translation of it, but being a Spanish speaker, like it just, it, it resonates. And then I guess, political leanings or thoughts on Cuba might resonate in certain ways, but it was interesting because you had in those comments on Patria y Vida, you had like, ah, desde Argentina, like, todos somos con Cuba, de Peru, like, you had all, like, different Latin America chiming in on this comment box. It's right there for you. It's right, like... Except Venezuela. <laughs> yeah. No, you know yeah, what? Those are all those comments... All those comments, those are those are fake accounts created by the CIA. <laughs> I was wondering, are the bots, are the bots this unique CIA. individual? Uh, CIA. Oh, okay. And then, okay, we can totally get into. I'd love to get into the CIA today too. 
We have because to. Because it adds to more language stuff. It adds so, to the language so, adventure. Just returning to Cuba. Yes. I don't. I don't yeah. want to get too into like the political no, stuff. We don't, we don't have. But to. I do want. I do want to say because of what I did do because I've been trying to educate myself too. I watched yeah. a couple YouTube videos in Spanish about the history of Cuba. Fascinating. Oh, history. fascinating country. But what I also did, I watched a bunch of like podcast interview with with Cubans about explaining and describing their lives, mm-hmm. their lives in Cuba, and it's it's yeah. different because you hear all these stories on, in English news media about Cuba, and it's like okay, but mm-hmm. it's not palpable. It's not palpable unless you hear it from a person, a real Cuban in Spanish. Go not to as, not as palpable. Yeah. It's not as palpable. But when you hear, I listened like the link I sent you guys, like this hour and a half long interview with this Cuban. Speaking, right. First of all, Cuban Spanish. And I had a tweet about this. If you can understand this <laughs> yeah. guy, really Spanish is tweet. advanced. Because he yeah, literally yeah. pronounces half the word. <laughs> like Cuban Spanish <laughs> this, is like you this... pronounce half the word and that's it. You get rid of all consonants, first of all. <laughs> yeah and then just pronounce the vowels so, so it's like french yeah, wait i went um so absolutely fascinating to hear about um you know the cuban lifestyle from directly from a cuban and that's you know it's more um it's more concrete it's more tangible like like it's yeah more, it's, it's it's more interesting as well it's more captivating it's more captivating to learn that language yeah, and arguably challenging at times if they're using slang or fast, like, like you, like you said, it's a foreign language, so you gotta like lean in, and I find it, but more, more enriching of an opinion that I'm getting. Like, this is a guy on the street in Havana telling me what's happening right now in his own voice, uh-huh. but what's going on? This is like straight from the horse's mouth in Havana, yeah. and. Yeah. I find it, yeah, it hits harder. And it's it's something about, too, like understanding him. Because, you know, you can watch, let's say, after I'm, the first thing that comes to mind is like after the, the tsunami in Japan and they were interviewing people on the streets and they were yes. absolutely devastated. And then they right. were translating everything that they were saying. Correct. But it hits harder if you understand them directly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Because it's just in the news, right? It's just going to be a dub over or yeah, you don't wanna, yeah, the dub over sucks, man. Yeah, like you're you're understanding it, but then that news that English news station might only be showing you so much, or they're just creating so much, right? Like subtitles and dubbing take time. They're obviously not gonna like show you everything. Whereas like I've been watching a ton last week, it's called Cubanos por el Mundo, where this guy does these live streams. He's kind of a kind of a wacky dude. Um, that runs it but he's interesting and he's just getting like cubans that call in all the time like like if you're running that on an english channel like i guess there's lots of english-speaking cubans that could easily call in but i just feel like wouldn't have the same energy or the same you couldn't get as much across hearing some like monotone dubbed voice like dubbed over voice is like it's not it's not impactful at all yeah yeah it's like it's almost like dehumanizing, almost. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah it's not like yeah, in the dude, this, pejorative this ties, sense. This ties but... back. This ties back to like what we were talking about on an earlier pod about like when when you're in a foreign country and you need a translator. 
it's almost mm-hmm. dehumanizing talking to the people, right? It's almost like this, you're like, it's almost like this wall is separating you, right? Yeah. Or you know what pisses me off? Those ads where they're like, I say something into the app and then it responds to the person and they get all like, oh, and then they re- they read back into the app, the translator. It's like, just, it takes like, away a lot from the human experience. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like cut out, cut out that middleman. Like, let's go like, learn the language, learn each other's languages. Yeah, there you go. Uh, cross those bridges. Um, yeah, yeah, but okay. To tie this a little closer to Patria Vida with the specific kind of world affair, like lots still happening in cuba like this song is very interesting when you get into like the lyrics and now i know marcus you had a tweet about music earlier and and i looked into the lyrics of patria vida yeah yeah man like that is for the history people out there there's some very oh yeah which complete reference to you know how long they've been living under this current regime uh so 1959, uh-huh. yeah, when yeah. the Cuban Revolution happened, yo, okay, I think he says doble dos, I believe is the reference, like, I don't, like referring to 2022. Um, is that 2022? So it, it's it, like it's doble do, like doble dos. I believe that's he's like referring to like the present now. Like okay, you had your 1959, I have my revolution uh-huh. now, right? And then. There's other references to different Cuban figures, but it's it's interesting how like this song came out in February. You know, if you would have heard that back in February, like okay, like that's pretty cool. You know, a guy singing about freedom in Cuba, and you know, that's an awe-inspiring song. Like after listening to that, I was like, oh man, I want to go have my own revolution. Like right, I'm yeah, totally that's down to go um, tear things up. Totally. I think That's I feel like with languages. Um, so if any listener, if you go back on the Lee episode, episode eight, so Lee wanted that specific song. It's a Russian band, actually. It's not Ukrainian. But that that song that plays at the start of our episode with Lee, that was like a kind of an anthem during the Euromaidan protests in 2014 and has its own like uh allusions and references to you know the state of things in eastern europe and russia like it's interesting how song political songs that become relevant uh can really pack a punch and then like we said with consuming news media like this i feel like this patria media song is like almost like this big underbelly to the cuba to the cuba story because that's when you go watch the news right now. If you don't, if you okay, you just see Patria Vida, but you don't know that's a reference to something. You're you're missing out. Yeah, you're missing mm-hmm. out. You don't on the cultural the package, the baggage. That's such a cat. That that was totally the catalyst for all this, right? Had to be like that song. <sighs> They're probably bumping that doing, thing down in a bonnet. Do you want to talk about catalyst? <laughs> I'll talk about as many catalysts as you want. Okay. All right, this is uh, this ties into language learning, so I'm gonna let it fly. Like, <laughs> so as soon as I learned about Patria Vida, Patria Vida, I typed in, I just typed that in Spotify and went like episodes because I want to find some podcasts about that. 
And there's actually lots. And there's been even more since last week. There's a ton. For anybody interested in Cuba, there's a ton coming out right now. So, like, so much to consume. But it was funny because this one um, uh, is in Spanish. She referenced uh, how Patria Vida is very similar to the song called Wind of Cha- Winds of Change by the Scorpions, which, for those not familiar, became a very popular song before the fall of the Berlin Wall. Um, so again, really connected to history, people, culture, music, and there's also a really awesome podcast that just came out in the last year. It's like a what do you call it? like a pod podcumentary documentary podcast about potential connections to the CIA. Okay, I'm not for about touting conspiracy theories on this show. I'm just for entertaining ideas on this show. And if you can entertain ideas well, in other languages, not a big deal. Yeah, if you can entertain ideas, then fascinating. But parallels, I guess, of a song being connected to uh, a movement, if that makes any sense. Well, so, the, the Americans are obviously obviously touting this song. This is well, well, that's the thing. Like, how does the song get used to their interests? Like Ted Cruz tweeted "Patria Vida." In, well, I mean, like, uh, look at a guy like tweet. Marco Rubio. He's Cuban. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. But these guys have been like... He's loving right. this. Right. Oh, of course they love it. They've been like... For the fall of like the regime in Cuba for a long, long time. But yeah. say you're just a Republican in Texas who doesn't speak Spanish. And uh, Ted Cruz is tweeting Patria y Vida. Like, you got to well, dig I- into that. Yeah, it's it's supported by the Americans, like this type well, of certain uh, Americans. media. Most Americans. What do you mean, type of media? This type of uh, like releasing songs like this. Like okay, I don't. But how often does this happen though? Like it's it's. I don't. I need to do more history. But if you go and listen, so there's a bonus episode in that Wind of Change series called Rocking Venezuela, and he talks about the CIA like ref, uh, funding financing rappers in cuba I was like oh more fuel to the fire i don't even know if yeah i don't know i don't know that that makes perfect sense to me of course they're gonna try to do that that's like yeah. soft power ish soft no totally i would soft power i would entertain the hell out of this idea what well i do i can bring it to korea like not necessarily with music but there's always been talks of like smuggling usb sticks into north korea which contain mm-hmm. tons of information on it. We we all know at this point, this isn't even conspiracy, that the U.S. is like number one. The U.S. is number one in a lot of things. And another thing it's number one in is toppling governments that it doesn't like. Right. So my question is how? This this and, is the mechanism. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah okay. Mechanism. Yeah. Okay. But okay, you got to remember then. If you go tell an average Cuban in Miami right now, the song was written by the CIA. They're gonna be pissed, just yeah. like when that guy in the in the uh, the wind of change, he like goes to the Ukraine and he like kind of asks people like, "Hey, and he, if you think the wind of change by the Scorpion was written by the CIA?" and people are like insulted because you know this song is the song is tied to my liberty. Or my my fight for liberty. Like, how dare mm-hmm. you? How dare you suggest this isn't of my own free will? This is something from up on high. And it 
for people who are fascinated with history, this this like the CIA has done this with uh if if you guys seen the movie Argo before yeah I've seen that. and Iran. Like that was totally a, a connection. Um in the wind of change, they talk there's this uh tour of Africa. Uh they got a bunch of jazz musicianists to go on to promote America. So like this 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 back this hand that gets played, and I feel like if you know some of the language, like like Spanish in this case with Patria y Vida, and you hear the references, the allusions of the songs, then you tie it to, you know, some of these theories. Which and the CIA thing is, it's being talked about by media. Like it's been on NPR. Like I'm not just pulling this out of my ass. Well, I don't know if like CIA operatives are actually like writing this or if they're just no, like, no, supporting. no. It's not like that. <laughs> it's, well, it's you, that it's like their 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 music is being funded by the CIA. If they're getting right, payments from the CIA, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> well, maybe it's not the CIA, but some type of intermediary okay. uh, party. I don't know, but I mean, like, it's... I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The Americans love this. They love stuff like this. Mm, okay, specific Americans really love this. I think he's like, talking Republican. about the American government. Yeah, the American government. Like mm, Joe America Biden. Joe Biden said a few things, but like more I Bernie know. Sanders types haven't said much. Yes, but I know that Joe is still. Um, he's not the nice. He doesn't have the nicest attitude towards the Cuban government. Okay, you know that? like that's been American policy. Like he didn't. Yeah. Well, not necessarily. Change. Obama. Obama had a. Yeah, but then Trump. Trump turned that back. Cordial attitude so. towards. And then yeah, Trump yeah, yeah. turned it back, and now we now we're back to Joe, which uh, Joe seems yeah. to not be too happy with the. Well, you guys watched when we did the the Lingaholics boot camp. We watched the Ole 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 documentary. Remember the Rolling Stones? Yeah. And Cuba is like the the through line, that entire documentary, and you know that that, that showcases. I would argue, like the the current Obama uh, policy at the time, but then also like. Cuba's yearning for just just to see the Rolling Stones. So you kind of get like politics and your culture and your music. I bet you, I bet you the American. Yeah. I don't remember the political climate exactly when when Obama Obama visiting changed all these policies. I don't remember exactly like uh, just him visiting on itself. But I hate you, the the quote unquote deep state hated it. No, no, I. I yeah, you know what? Man. I was gonna use that term, but I was shying away from it. <laughs> no, we can do it. We're, we're... <laughs> no, we're grown ups. Like, yeah, we, yeah. People that have worked in government for a long time. Yes. that's another way to say deep yes. state. They, they um, probably uh, hated it. I can imagine. But yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, like yeah, in it's... America, in America, and I have stories. I don't have personal stories, but secondary stories. Or people have told me stories about, you know, going up to Canada from the States, buying uh-huh. a couple of Cuban cigars, going back across the border, having, you know, the border agents find customs guys finding the cigars oh, uh-huh. and being like, okay, I can either find you $50,000 right here or you yeah. turn back, you go to the closest gas station, you throw away those cigars yes. and then you come back and we try again. Yeah, um, well, we're on it. Canada's always had a in- very interesting relation to 
to Cuba that like the way we view Cuba here is quite different from the states externally. We we can go to Cuba for for, yeah. for one. That's yeah, how yeah, we, yeah. I went to Cuba. <laughs> um, oh. I'm not saying it's not impossible if you're an American. Like it's I met very American. hard. It's very hard. It was yeah. easy for like a couple of years. No, it's hard again. Right. You have to go right. on like a tour when it has to be like essential work. You have to like get yeah. Right, and this goes back to uh, this is actually good. This is going to connect to our Canadian politics conversation today. But uh, our current prime minister's dad, Pierre. Pierre. Uh, I, I want to say, bro, uh, uh, a confidant of the late Fidel. And there's actually a fascinating book. It's called Three Nights in Havana or Four Nights in Havana. I think it's three, but it's about when Pierre made a visit down to uh visit fidel in the 70s and there's lots of like political stuff happening in the day but we've canada itself's always had like a softer or more cordial relationship with the cuban regime so it's been a nice afforded us to go to cuba as canadians and get cigars get nice cigars get cigars you can see it's a fascinating country like like i know we talk a lot about the politics and the song the country itself is mesmerizing um, I think life is very hard and difficult for the average local there, but um, to put it mildly, um, but the country itself, man, you're you're almost in a time machine, like the America. You're in a cold war. I heard described recently as like a cold war time machine with the old cars. Now, granted, I was only in Havana, which is kind of a bubble in itself, but the colonial architecture fascinating country and the cuban i didn't speak spanish at the time so there's this life oh, mission nice. i gotta get back it gave me the spark but i, didn't, I gotta get back to cuba uh, to see it so the country itself so canada we've had a definitely a more interest um accessible relationship let's say with cuba but most countries besides the u.s yeah sweat goes, sweat goes I, I one, yeah like we go yeah. to cuba for vacation yeah, yeah. Um, you can fly from Europe to Cuba, Havana directly. It's, Havana. it's a nice. I'd love to. I've never been, but I'd go. No, no, no. It's. I'd yeah, go. I'm like these varieties, well, Caribbean, Spanish, right? But then in Cuba yeah. itself, uh, it might have to do with like just the isolation, somewhat, of Cuba, and it's just Cuba is such a part of like popular culture too. Movies like Scarface, like. Absolutely yeah. fascinating like, country. Fascinating. Absolutely Celia Cruz. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by how, like, I call it, like, the, or I, I see it like the alternative, like, um, alternative globalization. Let's call it that way. Because I was watching a bunch of, of YouTube videos from Cuba. And, like, yeah. all this stuff there. First of all, they only get oil from Venezuela. It's all the oil they have in the country. Until recently. You just get it straight from Venezuela. And then yeah. second of all, like, you look at, like, all the, the like, they have buses now. You have nice new um, public mm -hmm. transportation, right? And it's yeah. all like there's no American buses or anything. They're all from China. They have Chinese taxes on them. Oh yeah, Russian, no, Russian smart like, cars. There's no iPhones or anything like that. It's all like Huawei and, and Chinese made stuff. Tax. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Now I'm, I'm blanking on the English word, but electrodomesticos. 
like all that stuff like that your appliances appliances <laughs> yeah your appliances at home that's all like for all from china or russia or whatever like and there's, there's yeah. a bunch of like russian stuff like old russian stuff old russian soviet stuff that they got totally in cold war times yeah like there's, there's no there's no like it's completely different like you don't see anything of what you see here like the, yeah the, 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 yeah the, the, the way of life is completely different like all pro all products are completely different they're all from another world like it's a, like an alternative global supply chain yeah exactly what it is. Right. And imagine like imagine now like panama because like all these all these goods come through the, the panama canal right and you know all the, all the ship captains are like talking to each other like oh what do you go i'm you know bringing in some iphones from china to we're going up to miami or whatever and then like the cuban yeah. guy comes in like oh i'm taking the same route but i'm going to cuba and like they're, they're <laughs> talking to each other and then like on one boat on the cuba boat they have like all this like alternative yeah. like alternative supply chain stuff and then on yes. the other boat they have like all the gringo stuff and it's completely yeah, right. different it's not the same at all no 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 um and it, yeah, they just don't have as much too but yes they do have all those things but like it's a, like those cuban cars are still running from the 1950s i don't they're not getting like parts shipped into them yeah yeah from, right it's, it's so, like the world's most innovative mechanics it's so stupid there. because like if if the cuban boat would be like hey could i just have like a one of those shipping containers filled with iphones or something can i have that like no 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 that's like a big no no like you can't have that yeah no way the embargo the blockade and Right, and and the, the embargoes yeah. are so annoying because anyone doing business with Cuba are also under that embargo. So, like, if I Sweco or Sweclandia, Sweden, were to like yeah. start selling stuff to to Cuba, then automatically we would get punished by the U.S. We couldn't do trade with the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why this that's embargo what... is so killer. Yeah, yeah, it's like same thing with North Korea, like any country that does business with north korea cannot do business with the u.s that's why they have all like yep. china has all these um, covert oil tankers that go up to to mm-hmm. north korea because they, officially they can't do business there i guess but maybe mm-hmm. it's the same thing with cuba i don't know but they're they're mm-hmm. sneaky they have to sneak they have to be sneaky yeah. in order to get around the embargo right oh no it's a huge factor so um, obviously that, that the, but, the embargo has played a massive role on how life in Cuba looks like today, like the products exactly, yeah. Get and everything. Yeah. But it's not the only factor. Yeah, but still, you have to admit, in spite of the embargo, like Cuba has managed to achieve quite a lot with something that other Latin American countries have not been embargoed, and they're still struggling in areas where Cuba has succeeded. Yeah. No, like like down there the education rate like education phenomenal um mm-hmm. they had these specialized schools in cuba from a very young age like we got to the go to these concerts of these like 10 year old kids putting on like uh like these insane piano concerts and these dance yeah. schools highly specialized um oh yeah yeah and like university of havana but it's still somewhat stratified i'm not this is not accessible to every single cuban and this is any society like we don't have to pick on so Cuba what I'm saying this, is that... but there's still like 
bread lines in Cuba too. What what I want to say is that you know something that you see in Cuba that you don't see anywhere else, anywhere else that I know of here in the this part of the world, anyways. That you know when you go to education, well, fine, maybe the education is good, but you get two marks, two grades. Get your how well you do on your tests, and then you get your grade on how well how how loyal you are to the ideology and the system. You don't yeah, have that. No, there's, there's the whole, which I think, and, and seeing some rebellion top, against that. Presently. You can be a top student. You can be a top. You can be ace buck. But if you're critical to the government, <laughs> you're not buck. getting anywhere. You're not getting any internships, ace. <laughs> Acito. Uh, yeah. No, Cube is fascinating. I I don't I don't know where this present story is going. I'm I'm so pumped to keep following it here in the news and what transpires because uh, there's, there's so much before this even happened in Cuba like Cuba was a a hot issue like people have always had their stances on Cuba but now some something's going down in Cuba so so what I learned what I follow. what I learned today the cops make like the most money in Cuba the police just to like avoid corruption. So the highest paid paid people in Cuba are, are like the military and the cops. Okay, I've always heard doormen and taxi men because they get tips from tourists. But um, like everyone wants to be a cop because you make the most money. But if you're a cop, you're also loyal to the. They want to they want to keep you loyal. State. Um, okay, so one. Okay, let's go a little more macro with this like big world event that's happening right now. Um, take another okay. Let's take one that I, I want to follow up on that I haven't done, but like something I can like. So like Haiti just had an assassination. Their prime minister like wild. Uh, there's a, a ton of French stuff that I've been neglecting because this Cuba thing, I find you only have so much like uh, um, bandwidth with one's attention. But this whole Haiti situation is fascinating. So it's gonna be. That's part of my goal this next week is to get some more Haiti stuff with French resources there. So do you do you it's know like, what, what went the hell down happened there? there? Do you know what went down? Well, there? A, hit, a squad hit, ambushed the president. No, but do you head. know the context? Not completely, actually. To be completely frank, oh, did you, you know the context? No, you know what? Honestly, um, I've been in the re- in the past few years, I've been very anti news. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Uh, this maybe it's something we can talk about later, but no, okay, I that's, haven't. That's that's contrary to the thesis of this episode. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sorry. Anyway, I'm, I'm a man too. Not news. every like language person's a news person. I'm I'm a news person. I'm a news person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call me a geek or nerd or whatever, but I'm not. I yeah. I, I, I listen all arguments. Ian, you got to give yeah. me that. I I listen. I everything you send me, I listen. No, to you do. You, you tolerate a lot of my ideas. I get it. I I I, 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 I listen to all ideas. I, I don't just block no, ideas, no. even though that's where it be. Maybe I listen to everything. Uh, what was I going to say? Yes. So what happened in Haiti was that you know this guy Moise or whatever Moise. <laughs> I say everything. Man, we got We eventually got a Haitian Creole. Pimsler has so that. So I did. I did listen. I have listened to some Haitian stuff, and it's a weird French, right? Because it's Creole. It's not Creole. French. It's Creole. 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 Whatever. Yeah. Um. What happened basically that this guy, pardon my French, 
this guy Moisey, the, the 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 president, he was a real. Pardon bastard. my Creole. Pardon my Creole. He was a real bastard. Um, he yeah, was a I honestly corrupt don't as know. hell. And the thing yeah. about and here is hypocrisy because I don't like hypocrisy. The U.S. has been giving aid, a bunch of aid, to Haiti after the the earthquake and everything. Earthquake. Right? A bunch of aid. Yeah. All that aid has gone to this guy, apparently. Oh, but so yeah, it's corrupt corruption. as hell. And meanwhile, yeah. there's no aid being given to Cuba for the same there reason, right? There's no, yep. there's no aid being to Cuba because yeah, they know that it's all going to it's all going to go to Castro, and they know that, so they recognize that, but they don't recognize it with Haiti. What the hell? Right. Right. So, you know, I'm not I am critical. I am critical of, of everything here. Like I'm critical of Cuba, but I'm also mm. very crit. I recognize that the U.S. is a dirty player in geopolitics. Now. So what happened is that this guy, um, the president, and I'm not super educated on this, just so everyone. No, knows. me neither. Hence why I, I want to get context. into this. This guy was hated the president. So there are all these figures um, in the U.S. There was this prominent, I think he's a doctor in Miami, um, Haitian immigrant came in. He, um, that allegedly, ostensibly, he's a big Haitian guy. He wants to make Haiti great again. And the <laughs> um, Haitian so, Trump? Yeah, Haitian Trump, whatever. So he essentially hired a bunch of uh, ex-Colombian military guys to go in and do this job to, to mm -hmm. keep yeah i heard about the colombians yeah uh, yeah and they were they were um disguised as dea agents right um and they essentially just walked Former DEA agents? no no they were disguised Current. as dea, DEA oh agents. disguise disguise disguise, oh, disguise. Sorry, sorry. so they just what walked straight up and said we're americans and they just let them straight into the complex and then they went and then and killed the guy yeah. Okay. But the, the thing yeah. is that they all got caught, and uh, now there's a power vacuum. Yeah, apparently, and they don't really know what to do because you know it's a very poor country. There's been oh, it's the poorest in the Western Hemisphere. But um, but, uh, you know, it looks like this guy was killed by people that do not like him for seemingly altruistic reasons right they, they they've seen the corruption they want to get rid of the corruption they want to create a more stable government okay right? now and it looks like it looks like th these prominent haitian um uh what do you call it? Im immigrants yeah you know a, a haitian heritage guys immigrants in the u.s are behind this because they want okay. to get rid of the government and start something new right a better no. system have you consumed much French news around this, or just like this, like no, New York? No, no, this is just I've I've just quickly read up on it. Yeah, so that's a, yeah, so it's it's not like English media is not. Uh, yes, it's not. I'm not factor. that. Like I said, I'm not educated on this. I'm just right, aware. Yeah, yeah. Hence, yeah, so I'm just kind of drawing a contrast of two recent things where, um, that's gonna be my. I'm gonna report back next episode on. Right. I want to get I more like into this. The... I, I like doing this. Like, you know, right. I'm the type of guy, you know me, you know me. I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a New York Times guy. Like I spent yeah. hours today, just every, every weekend I spend hours going through New York Times. And I just want to say a lot of people are going to be like, oh, this guy's New York Times, like whatever. The New York Times is good quality journalism. So and I stand by that. A lot of people are not fake news, whatever. It's good quality journalism. It's arguably the well, best. They got a Spanish version too. And the Spanish version is excellent. Yeah. Like it is excellent. Yeah. It is so good. And I'm on the Spanish yeah. version all the time. And I'm learning constantly learning new vocab 
and it's ex it's good it's the quality is great for uh, reading practice yeah i mean this is something i want to just yeah it's something i, I want to ask more audience members like if you're an arabic speaker what was it like to watch things during the arab spring or the syrian war the iraq war mm -hmm. if you are a japanese speaker what was it like for the fukushima i just feel like second languages give so, so much more of the inside scoop and I, I don't see how they can't because it's just that like we've started the show off there's just that much more content to consume when you have a second language so yeah for sure like i remember i went to germany right after they won the world cup in soccer uh -huh. in like yeah, 2010 2010 no that was spain no spain, sorry that was spain sorry 2014 2014 yeah that was 2014 2014 and i remember just like talking to people down there and then telling me stories about like how awesome it was to you know as a country and as a people to mm -hmm. win the world cup together yeah because you watch it on tv and everyone's happy and you're like okay good for them but to actually talk to them and be like ah oh, that's why oh, <laughs> they're actually super tall you know feel a bear feel bear for alles yeah so sure. right that was just another example of you know experiencing events the world events in other language and i can just yeah. imagine like imagine like speaking arabic and you know living through yeah. the arabic spring or, huge uh, massive like anything yeah really anything it's just it's like wow uh i think it's just something you know we, the language community polyglots talk so much about yeah the ins and outs of learning it but like okay what are we doing with these languages and i think world events world affairs is for us news it's geeks it's right up there speaking of news okay here in canada big story for some of us i think some people do not care at all about the story <laughs> but we do because we're the lingaholics so in canada we have uh the governor general um you guys what do you guys know the best job description of a governor general you know what i just know it's the person who sits in parliament and like introduces each parliament that's all i know like isn't she like officially position. the the head well, of state the symbolic head of state yeah she like represents the queen the queen or something yes. yeah okay because okay. the, the, yes. technically the head of state of canada is the queen of england yeah Okay, so she represents the yeah quotation mark. And uh yes. So and and we've okay, so the the general governor is appointed by the prime minister. It's um I hear my echo again. Cody, is this you pinching around because you don't have a headset? Okay. Hello? Oh okay, they're good. Yeah. Yeah, I think okay. it's echoing okay. from your side, bud. But All right. Um, so, man, even in my lifetime, I, I, I think there's been like five or six general go. Uh, Cody, Cody, I think it's e echoing again. You, can you get the mic, the mic away up? from your? Yeah, uh... yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Whatever. Yeah. So, anyways, so we have a new governor general. Long story short, um, her name is Mary Simon. She is an Anuk. Uh, so from uh, Nunavut, um, Governor General. So 
she replaces it's been a there's been different ones like there's been one named adrian clark um the last governor general we had gotten into some hot water with how she was treating her employees in in uh Quebec. whatever it's kind of irrelevant okay so this governor general which is a very symbolic um arguably like ribbon cutting type of job that we have here in canada um she did she makes zero actual political decisions like doesn't have any power in that regard but very symbolic represents canada okay this governor general is bilingual yes but not in both official languages so she's an anuk uh indigenous um native american lady from none of it and she speaks english and anuktitut so um bilingual but not in the traditional sense that canadians know their federal leaders their their governor generals this first one that hasn't been bilingual so we're treading in new territory here and this isn't to say that she won't be bilingual that hasn't been ruled out but the very fact that right now that she isn't bilingual is causing a stir here in our great land of canada because we're officially bilingual but this governor general uh speaks a nook which i think is flat out amazing and english now I'll throw it over to you guys but like there's there's uh there's lots to unpack here and there's lots she's unpacked in the media so far about why she doesn't speak french and uh how she does aspire to speak French, but she's already getting, uh, I don't want to say attacked. Attacked is a bit of a strong word. She's getting complaints about her appointment because she does not speak French here. Yeah, so this yeah. opens a lot of, a lot of can of worms. So let's can dive you explain, into it. Can you explain real quick, just real quick, just yeah. for context, why are we officially bilingual and why, does all do all politics we have the official canada french and english well pierre elliott trudeau justin's dad castro's buddy um he enacted the official languages act that wanted to include the cultural i don't know okay now the year it got updated in 1985 but those were the two okay i don't want to get out of my element i need to brush up on the exact historical timeline to how everything got uh created legislated with the official languages act but those are the two official languages yeah but in a um, nutshell why like why why do we have french and english like why not french and spanish well, the two founding colonial uh we want to call them colonial powers colonial historical reason this like, is my explanation so in canada okay. we have quebec which if you go to quebec does not feel like canada everyone speaks french you don't see canadian flags you see it even feel flags. like canada they are canada well you, it doesn't feel like canada if you're used to toronto or any of the, the western okay. western sure. provinces but if you go to quebec you see the quebec flag you don't see the canadian flag everyone speaks french they're they part of canada though wait hold, let me just give context let me just give context. They speak French and they don't celebrate the Canadian National Day, Canada Day. They celebrate Jean Baptiste Day, um, which is on a different date. 
they don't yeah, June 24th. really like they identify as their own unique nation inside of Canada. Yeah, and, nation. And there's there's a good reason for that because they're different. It's like going to a different country. They just happen to be within the borders of Canada. That's what it that's the reality. Now, because of this unique um nation status of quebec or this unique uh, demographic or society i guess you can call it yeah. they have in the past they have a history of uh, working towards independence they've had referendums yeah, that have had referendums barely almost passed have almost passed in the past there there is a strong close. sense of nationality in quebec and so it's been very close in the past um for gaining independence quebec independence for quebec to gain their own independence and in order mm -hmm. to satisfy quebec in order to satisfy them or in order to get them to remain within the union the canadian federal government has enacted this bilingual law or the the, yeah, the, the, bilingual language act, act. The, the, the official languages act which states yeah. essentially that anything that's official government at federal government official federal government has to be in both french and english that's why like if you watch an interview or press conference with the canadian prime minister mm -hmm. there's there, he's going to jump back and forth between english and french all the time like everything has to be english and french everything like you get a dog if i go and mm -hmm. for example renew my driver's license here I get like first, like every single document is twice as long as it has to be because I get everything in English and then everything mm -hmm. in French. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. I can either fill it out in English or French, right? So that's, it's just to appease, to keep the union together. Because if, if, if we don't do this, if we don't recognize Fran French as an official language of Canada, Quebec will leave the union because they don't feel like they are Anglophone in any sense, in any way. They're not, they're Francophone, they're their own thing. They voted to stay. If they're going to be a part of Canada, we're going to have to appease them with that. We're going to have to give them French and make French a, a unique part of the character of Canada, the personality, if you will, of Canada. So that's why we have the law. Okay. That's why we have the law. Yeah. We, you need that context because otherwise you can't You're right. have You're right. the context about, is uh, important. The general. Mm -hmm. okay. Context is important. I 100% agree. Always the more context, the better. Absolutely. And. Okay, any Cody, any thoughts on this? Somewhere? You know what? I've just this is uh, I want to talk I want to talk about an idea that I just had. Okay. Okay. What would you guys think if Canadians were required to be not only bilingual but trilingual? This is something that I think Ian might like to hear. So, mm, I don't like the word required. Well, okay. But, oh yeah, yeah, I know you don't like the word required, but mandated. But, Okay, but anyway, what would what about the idea of when when children go to school, no matter where they are, they have to learn English, French, and an indigenous language of their choosing. So my question to that, if Ian Ian can barely get his French his students to pay attention in French class, how and that's an Indo-European language. How the heck is he gonna get people to pay attention in Inuktitut classes? <laughs> okay. Hey, this is just, I just want to talk about this. I just want to yeah, entertain yeah, 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 yeah. As long as we promise to come back to the governor general because her indigenous 
background is highly relevant. Uh, How about this, Cody? Argument. Cody, we we address the, the the conversation about the governor general, and then we go into possible solutions on how to how to yeah. solve this yeah. issue, okay, and then we'll that. revisit. Let's this. let's just earmark that. that we'll earmark it because it you've already no, it, it's my relevant. Um. Uh. Okay. All right. Quebec wants to be appeased. We've been appeasing them. Quite. This is uh, every governor general, every prime minister has been bilingual. Um, I think I so, Cody. We're getting the feedback again, but I, I, I think Cody, it works if you just lower the volume a little bit. Lower the yeah. volume of us, us speaking, not your microphone. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh, where was I? Every single prime minister so far. Single, yeah, yeah. Like this, this French appeasement has been pretty much happening the entire time. Like, I don't know how much flaws. Like, we've been offering a lot of French. I know there's, I know they're not completely satisfied with the entire, like, I know there's like language cops in French if your sign's not <laughs> as big in French. Like, I know, like, they get nitpicky about it. Let's mm -hmm. just say. All right, so this governor general pick is also happening in a particular, uh, I don't know if unique moment, I think unique's the wrong word, uh, a uh, pretty uh, substantial moment in Canadian society where we've been trying to have re truth and reconciliation with First Nations, Indigenous people for a long time. We've had these committees. Well, just recently, we've got even more truth to uh, indigenous treatments in residential or federal schools. Now, I say federal because that's just an important point about this particular governor general. That's what she happened to attend. And at these schools, and this is why I'm, I don't like the word required or mandated, because they were mandated to speak english and forbidden prohibited from speaking their indigenous language and now when i say indigenous language there's over 70 possibly 80 different indigenous languages across canada so these all got smothered out so i mean that's just as much like like north america especially one of the states california like there's as much if not more linguistic diversity in north america than in europe now, that's been highly, highly diminished because a huge part of that was residential schools. Not the only part, but residential schools. Uh, you were forbidden from speaking your indigenous language. And that was part of the argument of Mary Simon. Why doesn't she speak French? Because that was obviously the immediate question. Why don't you speak French? And she said, well, in residential schools, I didn't get to learn French. I had to speak English. And okay, so... Yes, Quebec. And when I say Quebec, I mean just that idea of appeasing them. Okay, so we're missing French for the time being. But she did something highly symbolic when she introduced herself. She spoke in a nuktatuk, which, if you know about the Canadian history and the complete decimation of indigenous languages, um, and especially in the current moment when we're finding out more and more about like the atrocities that happened at these residential schools, this is just starting. We're just scratching this. We're just getting started on uncovering all this. Like, I think, 
yeah, it's not the official language, but these non-official languages need to, we, we need to really show this highlight. This is a nation and look, she's been an ambassador. She's 73 years old. Yeah. There's lots of arguments that why hasn't she learned French yet? And from everything I've read in the media, people have spoken about her, that she's game to learn French and it'd be super fun. Maybe you should come on the Lingo Hawks podcast, talk about how she's learning French. But <laughs> that is such a pale concern to the fact that, like, man, it's very cool we have a, a Nook lady repping indigenous languages, which are some are going to go extinct. Absolutely going to go extinct here. And as much as Quebec wants to complain, their language isn't going extinct here soon. So it's it's i agree that like if she like flat out refused to not want to speak french completely ignore it then i think the gripe has some merit but in terms of her bilingualism um like i think it's just it's phenomenal like i this whole official everything has to be in english and french i think it's missing a lot of the canadian experience still and a huge mm -hmm. part that we're currently focused on is the indigenous one right now yeah so. that's very true but what if what if she only spoke french and an oh okay yeah so marcus was talking <laughs> about in our group okay so, so we're, we're definitely getting to that point yeah okay getting to that point so yeah. so i don't i gotta be a little careful careful here because 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 what it's okay so canada has an incredibly dark history when it comes to absolutely indigenous peoples and that's that's the same thing in the u.s canada just happens to be more recent the same thing happened uh, in the US. you had you had yeah. uh you like had the states is brutal too don't get me they wrong. have committed genocides all europeans yeah. in north america have committed genocides like cultural genocides it, it, yeah, call, along with genocides. physical partly physical. everything indirect genocides through bringing um diseases and direct genocide yeah. from killing yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, so like, I, I don't want to is like kill everything about your culture. I don't want to in any way um, downplay that. Like, yeah. That is absolutely horrible. And the the, yeah. the the idea of residential schools to force someone to to not speak their native tongue yeah, and yeah. force integration into a society. It's pretty awful. Is is absolutely horrible. physical I, I, and mental abuse if they got caught speaking it. Any right? every like, single person who is responsible for this should be prosecuted. 100%. Yeah, and we're trying to hold like, those people accountable. Like that's like, crimes mm, against yeah. humanity for sure. Like a hundred. Like that's my position. Yeah. yeah Here's completely. the problem now, though, because okay. I'm a pragmatist. <laughs> okay. I'm a pragmatist, and I know how this country works. This country has problems with regionalism. With different parts of the country, country having different attitudes towards each other, and I know this because I've lived in in very various different parts. I traveled throughout Canada. Yeah. I lived in the West. I live in Ontario now, and I spent a lot of time in Quebec. People in yeah. Quebec don't like people in Alberta, and vice versa. All right, <laughs> All right. Okay. So that's the context as well. That's important to acknowledge. Okay, and then also that Quebec is its own nation. That's also very important to acknowledge. Now. The thing about this, what happened is that you are setting a new president has been set. A president. new president, yeah. Yeah. not a president, a precedent has been set. And it's the fact that um, 
you don't have to be bilingual in French and English anymore in order to work in the Canadian government. Now, the only issue well, that the I have... federal position, we should be very specific. Okay, federal position. Yeah. The only issue that I've had is that there's it's very common for political commentators, Anglophone political okay. commentators, to criticize this um, bilingual yeah. law. I guess it's a, it is an act or political, we can call it. Yeah. They criticize it and they say that we should get rid of it. Right. So my question to them would be what, okay, let's say we get rid of the bilingual. What mm -hmm. do, do you have to learn? Or, or let's say like what languages are required to work in the government? Do you have to speak English? Can you only speak French? Like what Cody said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you speak? Can you only speak French? Because because the argument here, the argument I want to target the, the key argument. The key argument here is that it's exclusive. It's 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 uh, um it's excluding. So having this policy is excluding to people that cannot learn French for whatever reason, or have not, or yeah, that's not learn French. Our friend, well, in we the argument against JJ that, argument. Justin, yes, exactly. And Justin Trudeau's argument against that is that people are lazy, learn French. It we found happen. that quote from yes, 2008. I don't want to, I don't want to reiterate this quote because I don't want to seem arrogant. Like I don't, it's, I think yeah. it is arrogant to say that call people lazy for not learning a language. But what I do want to say is that as a gesture of respect to the bilingualism to to the the french english di um, mm -hmm. um coexistence i think that everyone to a certain extent can at least try to learn each other's languages you don't mm -hmm. have to be perfect we talk about this on the pod all yeah. the time like if you listen especially especially it's like certain anglophone politicians over the years because you have these french debates yeah. right political debates all the time so you get to hear mm -hmm. these anglophones who have learned french later in life speak and they're not they're not very good like they're like my french some of them like so very yeah. basic and and it works right it's still it's still french it's still french and it works they get their not points perfect. across they understand it like it's like it is possible without sounding arrogant i think it's possible to say to, to counter these arguments with well you can put in an effort and build up like a basic level of fluency at mm -hmm. minimum if you yeah, just, I agree. And just and that is just to appease the coexistence, the bilingual coexistence of French and English in Canada. Because okay. to be completely honest, I don't. If you don't uphold this official uh, bilingual, but bi official bilingualism, I think the, the I think Quebec is going to leave. I think the country falls apart. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Okay, but. Is that a higher worry for me or the extinction and treatment of uh, First Nations people and them revitalizing and re like I, I, just me personally, like Quebec leaves or doesn't leave. Like I'm going to bed at night. I mean, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not trying to be a smart ass. I'm just, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, just, I only live once. Like I only care about so much. The fact that like we have a chance to revitalize some of these languages, and, and I'm not I'm not trying to make these two things like mutually exclusive. I hope that's I'm just like changing emphasis. No, I know to an extent of that. Like, yes, official bilingualism, but like, do we realize that there was like eighty some languages before English or French 
showed up on this continent and then some are like just still smoldering so i mean it's it's it would sound somewhat absurd to be like all right let's make 80 official languages now like the for the 500 machif speakers like the metis language like no i'm not i'm not saying that we're not gonna become south africa in a sense that yes on a on a political union level it's it's very important to focus on that but i just feel that like this lady's already got like a ton of complaints against her um well when it's to be like, fair, they're not against her they're against her appointment so they're mostly against well, trudeau uh, indirectly yeah um but the the pact is like okay all those 600 people that filed complaints do you have anything positive to say about an indigenous language being the uh, the addressal was made in an indigenous language something that sorry english and french but the two colonial powers tried to destroy these like indigenous wasn't supposed to exist any longer and it's here and i feel that like appeasing pleasing quebec is secondary to uh really reconciling because we're getting more truth and we are reconciling with first nations people in this country and i feel that the language component because this is something gets reiterated and reiterated across every first nation from bc to newfoundland that language is such a fundamental thing to um guard on and now with this globalized world that we live in with the technologies i i mean there's 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 a lot to be said about like indigenous language revitalization but i did like that's what i care about like but, quebec can do whatever the hell it wants but, but here's the thing though here's the thing though because obviously like what cody just said there are certainly indigenous peoples who speak french and their indigenous language but not english should we exclude them from being in government like, like if this like yeah like if this we didn't say English. It's like, well, is she gonna? Is she planning to learn? Like, she just happens English? to learn. So, so first of all, it was it, it, it is it was wrong to force her to learn a colonial language. But why is forcing her to learn English better than forcing her to learn French? That's my question. Well, I don't think like you hear all these all these all these arguments from Anglophones saying that it's excluding, that it's it's um, even racist, right, to force people to learn French and to exclude people that don't speak French from government. But why is it okay for, for uh, English speakers to join government? Like, why can't, why can't it be the other way? Like, would she be appointed governor general if she didn't speak English and only spoke in, in French? I wouldn't be mad for a second. I wouldn't be filing a complaint. I wouldn't be. So I just want to make it clear. I don't want to be, I wouldn't be mad either. Like, I, I think I English Canadians would be up in arms that. about that though. But English Canadians, my point is that... Well, then I'd criticize them. Anglophones, Canadian Anglophones, have it out for French people. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> French yeah. Language. And, and uh, they're... Oh, well, maybe. I want to avoid sounding arrogant here, but Anglophones in general do not have the greatest attitudes towards learning French and other languages in general. In oh, you're right, 100%. And here, you know what, guys? I hate to cut the flow of things, but I have to leave the podcast early today. So you guys continue on. And um, no worries, man. We'll, yeah. Uh, 
That's it's kind of on StreamYard. We can see how long we've been going. Hour fifty three. So we are going to hit uh, our two yeah. hours. Yeah, but you we're guys get, can patch things out, so, no. and then Cody, we'll, we'll, um, we're going to hash this out. Yeah. So I'll see you guys next time. We're hashing this chat. Yeah. Take care, buddy. All right. Okay. Check in, Cody. You got to tune at the hour fifty three. Okay. Yeah. All right. Annyeong. Annyeong. All right. So we have to we have to reach a consensus on this because it's it's very important. It's very important. Now, one hundred percent important. Yes. So so I let's agree. try to move into to viable options on how to resolve. Sure. This for, sure. For the future. Yeah. So let's yeah let's move to that. So the first thing, the first solution that comes to mind is that you get rid, you get rid of the mandate, the policy, the bilingual policy. Right. Uh, can I just talk about like strictly? practical level i hope this governor general mary simon learns french oh yeah and Same. i hope she's honest and she i hope she documents this could be a big moment for just like a 73 year old sorry not not you steve coffin if you're listening but uh, someone like a 73 year old picking up a, a new language like i think that could be just for the language learning community that could be a big win uh symbolically showing that it can be done to just the average canadian that that can be done and mm-hmm. see quebec like all those people that filed complaints against her can be like okay well she speaks it now so like what was your complaint was it was it filled with duolingo recommendations like what what were you doing productively to help the yeah so okay, that, that's three things that would be the easiest way to go for her to learn, well, I'm, learn just, I'm talking about a specific individual. I think you're talking about a bigger societal picture. Bigger societal yeah. picture, because a lot of people are, are advocating that we should get rid of this mandate. Okay, and so JJ ba- McCullough, we should. I like that's one of the guys I've been following. Yes, but he's, a lot of other people, a lot yeah. of other people yeah, yeah. agree like, with he's, him. He's not alone. He's not alone. So a lot of people. Okay, so what? Let's say you get rid of it. What do you get rid of? So, all the, the so official- you're saying there's no more official languages act there's no more official language it's like the states when the states there's no official language you let just the language evolve organically you can speak whatever language right okay okay and so what's going to happen then is that english is going to take over because 56 percent of all canadians have english as their native language 56 percent there's only only 26 percent of canadians have french as their native language 56 so english is bigger it's It's 26 for french right yeah 26 for french yeah and that is obviously concentrated in quebec correct english is going to take over and the french are going to feel okay but it's not just yeah like there's there's global forces to why english would take over with a like zero protection yeah french language it's it's not just canada what's happening in canada like the culture we consume English okay. is the global language. So, so, so yes, French always feels like it's David against the English Goliath. So right so JJ McCullough, is that his name? McCullough? Yeah, McCullough. JJ McCullough. McCullough. Yeah, so he argues yeah, people that, look you up. know, um, getting, getting, this will increase the in, inclusion, in, in, inclusivity, inclusivity of, of, yeah, of people like, like, politics, like newly arrived immigrants for example is like yeah that i've heard well easily yeah. it, the government will be more easily accessible to them right but my problem with that is that you ha- you know you have haitian immigrants and african immigrants that come yeah. back that don't speak english well they speak french and they do just french fine immigrants. In, they do just fine 
in Quebec, they don't speak English, so they can't, you know, go to other parts of Canada, the rest of Canada, and uh, do that. So, like, if you if you make indirectly English as the mm -hmm. primary language of the Canadian government, which will happen if you get rid of this mandate, that's what's going to happen organically. Then you're excluding all of them. I now is that, that might be an assumption. Of like, course you okay, you're saying the federal government will be exclusively English. That's what's going to happen. Like all federal affairs are going to be I don't know English. that. I don't. Well, look at the states. The biggest language in the states is English. And they don't have an, an official language mandate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think we might have to separate some of the political societal stuff here. Yeah. Like, on a federal what? level. Yeah. It could be susceptible. No. We are pretty ingrained now. I'd argue official language act, no official language act. That, yeah, I mean, I feel like federal MPs just wouldn't speak it here out west. Whereas if you had more francophone writings, there would still be a, I'm basically like, are you like a free market incentive? Do you have an incentive as a politician to? speak it and address constituents in that language. Like, I feel like that would be a very riding specific. Um, so you're saying that you would be, you would organically have an edge. I think there'd be like incentives. Po political, Darwinism, political Darwinism. The people, the politicians yeah. that speak French will have a higher probability of being elected. And so people are, you're, you're saying that you're going to yeah. continue having, even though you get rid of the law, your yeah. policy the, the most successful politicians are going to be the bilingual politicians if the ones that want to capitalize the most be like whoa like 50 percent of my constituency is french i should probably learn french now oh, if you're in vancouver uh that could be 50 percent cantonese do you Which have is, an incentive to learn cantonese could, you might very well do you might very well have that now a pragmatist argument would be like, well, look, Ian, uh, just keep the French-English framework. Like, that's historically what this is founded upon. Okay, valid point. Like, like, th like, there's more German here in the prairies than French. Like, some of those stats are pretty wild that we forget about. But we don't see German just doesn't have its presence, like, publicly like French does. But if I'm uh, running for office here in Alberta, I could see an argument where it's more like useful to learn German instead of French. Um, so yeah, Darwinist in a sense of like a free market, like what's my incentive to communicate with people? Yeah, now, I, I think your lingua, I think the lingua franca of the nation is where your argument has its most, like most people are going to go for English because that's the second language. Still, fifty-six speak English, but no, no, but not even. No, how many speak it even as a second language? Too in Canada, like, that's got to be huge. Yeah. Like even like how many Quebecers speak English? Like it's big. Oh, what? Right? Why? What? Um, hello. Yeah. So I think the the second language people will be like, oh, look, I'm not gonna learn. I'm not going to learn Cantonese. I'm not going to learn German. Like everyone speaks English as a second language. So I think that's where your argument has 
convinces me in the sense of like it would take over in a sense that it's this it's the lingua franca it's why swahili is the main language in kenya federally but then they have all the tribal languages underneath it um so and would would english just take over federally if say like well it's not going to take over in quebec uh, yeah. i'll tell you that yeah i mean no 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 honestly like and here's my point to Quebec. Do you think like Q- Miami, Cuba needs a bunch of protectionist policies right now to protect its Cuban culture? No, it doesn't. It's flourishing as a, as a Spanish culture on its own. You can go to salsa night, domino night, cigar night, and it's all in Spanish. And they didn't need a single law to yeah, have but like any of those events. Miami, that's such a small part of the U.S. Cuba or Quebec is like a quarter of the Canada. What, there's what eight million uh Quebecois? How many Cubans are there in Miami? No, but I'm saying it's like lot, it's man. it might be like a third of Canada is like Quebec, which is like it's yeah, not, it's, it's significantly it's it's its own nation. Like it's completely it's like even more sick or um distinguished, like the 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 distinction between Quebec and the rest of Canada, which I think is funny. They call it the rock in quebec rest of canada the rock, the rock. like the cloak <laughs> the but like the distinction between canada uh, quebec and the rock is greater than for example the distinction between catalonia and the rest of spain like you know what i mean like it's a significant change culturally between yeah, the yeah. rock and quebec so it's a very yeah. unique neat unique situation that you don't have in the states you don't have Come that in on the states. Like, these, like but it's not it's like they have their own government this nation all- this nation status yeah 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 like no st- i get what you're saying no state has its own state language of spanish like the, the, the like, analogy i get what you're saying like, I, imagine germany you've been to germany right austria no. you've been to austria okay imagine yeah. germany and then the czech republic like you have a pretty good understanding mm-hmm. of, of Czech yeah, versus yeah. German, right? Imagine yeah. if the Czech Republic were a part of Germany. So you mm-hmm. had Germany, which was like Germany, and then the Czech Republic, but it was all under well, the same in the same border or whatever. Okay, that's kind Hungarian of what it is. Empire, in Canada. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of where it is in Canada and yeah, in Canada, right? Like, like Quebec and the Rock. It's like you have this Anglophone majority, Anglophone large part of the country mm-hmm. and then you have a french part that is significant is uh, distinguished culturally they speak a different language and uh, it, there's this nationalistic pride as well where you're not flying the canadian flag you're flying your own quebecois flag everywhere imagine that in in, in germany with the, with the well, Czech Republic, right so you have this part of the country that is significantly different it's kind of its own nation in europe it's it's right now it's its own sovereign yeah. country but like hypothetically, let's just say it was in the same within the same borders. How would you deal with that? Now you're getting me thinking about like empires and how they used to rule. Like, well, what was the Canada what was kind the of empire? Okay, let's continue with your analogy of because that that was the uh, oh Jesus, why am I forgetting the Austro-Hungarian Empire? Yep, that included Czech Republic. That included yeah. a ton of nations. Yeah. That included the yeah. Balkans. And, and how did so, that go for them? <laughs> okay, okay. I, it it was a thing though before. It Canada blew is up. is a thing. Okay how how did the 
like how did uh how did they rule over the Czechs linguistically? Did they get all pissed off when like a guy from Germany uh came over and was like ruled over Czech Republic? Like I wonder I I, I, I want to know more of this linguistic. Like Hungary must uh no. Right, or the Ottoman Empire. That's a Turkish power base ruling over Arab populations. Did all the Arabs get pissed when they were like this Turkish guy? This like how do like, nations how do nations form? Like just how in general, how do well, nations okay, what is nation, like country? Historical. Like, how do you decide exactly what belongs to the country and what doesn't? How do you do that? Yeah, yeah. Look, like I'm a big Kurdish rights guy. So the Kurds are arguably facing a simulation a situation in turkey like but that's not even that's not a, that's not a fair comparison quebec has like a ton of rights in canada that like no, kurds general, don't have in turkey in general like theoretically like why do states why do countries segregate why do um what? geographical yeah, no. regions why are geographical regions no, no, separated people's cultures histories languages look there's exactly. people do you like okay the Kurds? If they were to get independence, you're taking a chunk of Syria, Iraq, Iran, and Turkey. Good luck <laughs> getting for well, those particular countries to like. But you're very focused on details now. In throughout well, history, throughout history, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm on regions like, that have distinct cultures and different lang unique languages, the common languages, tend mm -hmm. to form their own countries and nations. And, and countries where you have different cultures, societies, and nations within their borders tend to not exist for Look, like India could arguably be 22 different countries, no? Mm -hmm. But India is a very young nation. They've only existed for uh, whatever, 70 years or so. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, man, this is something that... And India used to be a part of Pakistan. Pakistan and India used to be the same thing with Bangladesh. Yeah, until 1947. And, and then Bangladesh they split up too. because they happened they to have two religions. They were too different. So they yes. split up. Yeah. So, I mean, you can get into a ton of comparative. Just like in China, it's currently the Han that are the dominant. Like when we think China, it's, it's, like, it's like the Han Chinese that are actually like the dominant. You have Tibet and the Uyghurs, and you have a bunch of ethnic minorities in China. So, yes, no, like nation states and the peoples and cultures in them. Yeah. So, keeping it in a Canadian example, um, I mean, it'd be an experiment to be run by, I don't know, try non official bilingualism for a year. See what happens, or maybe that's you can't just change that back. Um, like I, I think I'd have a in this. This is kind of just the micro thing here is the governor general not speaking French. So and I how think, do you, yeah. Well, I I think I don't. Are we even talking about this? If she speaks all three, right now, like it just seems like it's just like a little rupture thing that sprung up this entire conversation because if she speaks three within the next year it's like oh, okay she learned um i think she's just symbolically much more important for so much other reasons so yeah but she, her and then the whole... wouldn't have to be 
her French wouldn't have to be yeah, that yeah. good just yeah, to yeah. appease. You're right. You're right. So I think precedent. Yeah. So I think people just okay. They're kind of mad she hasn't done that already. Well, okay. Like she just got the job. Pazienza. I, I, I agree. So, I, I, I'm, but then I'm in terms of like the broader societal broader implications, broader the broader implications, and I mean, yeah, man. Like I don't like you know you're familiar with the con- balkanization. Mm-hmm. The concept of because you did have Yugoslavia, right? You had that mm-hmm. nation, and then that went off after like the bloody war Serbia, Croatia, um, Bosnia. Like, but before that, like under Tito and however he managed that, like he was dealing with lots of nationalities. But Yugoslavia was a greater than the sum of its parts kind of thing. Um, so I don't like. I do like the official languages and act is like I like a common language. And then in, in Canada, we just happen to have two. Um, like I do believe if you're a new speaker, like if you're a monolingual uh, Spanish speaker, a monolingual Chinese speaker, monolingual German, I do think whatever country you're going to, you just can't ignore the history that was there once you arrived. Like, wow. You should, you know, if I move to Sweden right now, I think, like, what, what, like, what's Sweden's rule on, like, to become I'm a Swedish I'm citizen? Sure. Would I need to speak Swedish? Like, what's the I, deal? I don't know. I'm pretty sure you you have to take some type of test. Right. Okay. So nations have these tests, right? Not Where if I moved to Sweden, I'd be like, ah, like, nah, like your previous history doesn't matter. So in Canada, like, yeah. English and French. Do you know this? So to become a citizen in the States, to become naturalized, like it's called more formally, you have to take a test on like US history. Does that test have to be in English? Or can you request to take the test? Good question, man. Lots of questions for we I'd love to get a I'd love to get a immigration expert on sometimes. Well, I'm I'm pretty good at immigration. Well yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The rules. rules, You it's amazing how much more the immigrants know like the rules more it's than funny because i know like all the immigrant like, rules here but i have no idea what the immigrants immigrant rules are in like europe yeah which makes yeah sense, man but... um i think yeah like language policies are fascinating i'd love to uh look up how a country like south africa manages it with 11 official languages. okay in, in does, the... does south africa have the equivalent of a governor general are we gonna be crapping on that governor general because he doesn't speak eleven languages? Like, I'm just curious how some of these other nations manage it. No, it's, it's um, clearly unique here in Canada. But so before before we uh, end this podcast, we have should to we address Cody's out. question without Cody? What was Cody's question again? <laughs> uh, should Canadian school kids learn three languages? We can do that. Okay, English, so French. okay, so what what I'm about to propose is gonna lead into this. Okay. How do we do, how do we how do we empower indigenous language? How do we make sure that indigenous Oof. languages don't go extinct? I'm not I'm going to defer here. I'm going to appeal to authority. There's better people working on this than me. I've I've oh, kind of looked can, into this. We can, we yeah, no, I know we can fit more on it, but I want to caveat that saying that people are very interested in that question. There's there's like institutions and people putting things into action. Uh, look, look, man, like, you know me, I'm for the lingaholics, as they said, like, 
I want to see all the languages bloom, bloom brighter and yeah, but uh, we all have that in common. That, that's our ideology as, as that is our ideology. Lingaholics. Yeah. I'm, that's an our ideology. I'm an adherent yeah. to that. Now, like I like look, okay, I'll, I'll just talk. This is another episode I want to do down the road of like native indigenous languages. I've tried to look into Cree and Blackfoot resources for one. Because I'm a huge audio guy. I talk a lot about audio on this podcast resources okay i guess I'm, I'm just talking about it from like my learning it perspective now i think you gotta bring this into like how could the kids of these different you know the kids up north where Cree is actually still pretty strong but is it going to remain strong i don't know what's what's the policy to keep that language strong um i think resources is massive for like heritage speakers and non-heritage speakers like i would be if i learned cree or blackfoot so resources have to get like like look at all the resources you have for spanish and french nowadays on the and that's what's encouraging to see when you see like duolingo having navajo up yeah it's duolingo but it, it, that's something hey so um i think that they're like the nations themselves that has to be a homegrown effort you can't have somebody from the outside coming in and telling you what to do like they need to you know they it needs to be a homegrown grassroots thing and look there's so many people like um in our group chat today this guy named anton troyer who's one of the leading guys in minnesota to the revitalization of ojibwe in minnesota and they're seeing some spectacular results in their school system so some of these things are already being put into practice and then to the broader picture, I think Can Canadians just need to learn more about indigenous languages, man. Like this is this is a huge topic. It's massive. Mm -hmm. it's, it's 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 a it's a it's a, it's a mosaic across this entire so nation. Maybe Cody's, this continent. Too, maybe Cody's idea isn't too bad. Though. Yeah, man. But like, look, I struggled to teach french more than spanish because my french isn't as good as spanish like i think you have got to be a high level speaker of a language to teach it well inner city edmonton who's your anuktitut speaker you know like i i like okay if cody's idea is gonna get you gotta start with resources education resources are like fundamentally huge so and then and then which which indigenous language are you teaching exactly you, plains cree uh stony blackfoot anuktitut ojibwe that's just the first five like there's 80 some, 70 some and, and then i think this is more the pragmatist side of your argument like getting kids interested in it as well i think this is just more of a yeah because what are you doing you're you're taking away other subjects in order to put in yeah right like languages in... into the curriculum so what do you take away math social science no. physics <laughs> what's, what's yeah what's yeah like and how is uh, that going to is... affect canadian school children if you substitute i'm not so much worried yeah like I'm not worried about like non-native kids not learning 
indigenous language. I'm worried about indigenous kids that don't or aren't going to have access. That's who I'm most worried about. Fair enough. So, like Cody's, yeah, Cody's argument. It's like that's not his argument. It's his question. Sorry, his question is is interesting, but I think it misses the boat on like we got to keep these languages alive first of all before we can worry about teaching them on mass so so the only one one potential issue is that you know by doing this like we're all obviously feeling like a bunch of canada in general is feeling um i'm I'm just blanking on words i'm a little tired but yeah yeah it's getting late man they're embarrassed and they're feeling bad they're they're they feel embarrassed ashamed for you know having this be a part of their history and there is the possibility that that through this feeling of being ashamed you overcorrect in your yeah reconciliation efforts so you want to right and like over whatever you do is that you don't overcorrect yeah yeah and that and that goes back to my like nobody should be telling first nations people what to do yes that's what they want what do they want they probably don't want to be lifted up on a pedestal either. They just want to be left alone and be respected. Right. Like, man, and and look, how do you, man. how would they feel, you know, talking about cultural totally. approbi- appro- cultural approbation? No. Appropriation. <laughs> a- a- appropriation. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm a little tired. Yeah, yeah, Cultural yeah, appropriation. Talking about cultural appropriation. How do you think they would feel if, like, you're teaching Inukta to, to, like, rich-ass Toronto kids, like, white Toronto kids? them learning right like and i mean like that's fine but like if you're enforced the government is essentially yeah like i think i think that question itself just shows how absurd like certain situations could get the the thing is like what if an anuktitut teacher in none of it doesn't have the resources or feels that they're lacking in language uh, abilities to teach it where do you put resources to help that situation because yeah you you help them in their in their uh, own nations yeah yeah and i think i think the language learning community i've already kind of seen because we're getting we're developing these apps we're developing these sites uh i think we can have a it's something i i need we need i want to explore talk with you guys talk with our our language like Guys like Ace Buck language come up. Seabolt. Seabolt just went to Navajo Nation in the States. Um, I think we can play a role with our technology. Now I need more know-how and knowledge on how this can all work, but just as like a inkling of a vision. I like like I would love to go on to memorize and have like 30 hours of Cree audio. I got kill for that. It doesn't exist. So I mean, how can we make that exist? And then that's a val- That's a great point. Yeah. Right. Like, you, I can get. I can get. How do you do? Elders. Elders are a huge factor. Yeah, but do you do you like do you create government grant programs where yeah. uh, you incentivize like totally. companies like Duolingo to hire uh, totally. free speakers to come in and create courses? And- yeah, you got to go up talk to the elders because you got it man this gets into the whole like metaphysics and knowledge and history these languages are 
they have like the cultural uh like language is more than just like words and sounds right there's like a huge context to all of this so you need elders to explain like the traditions and the meanings of words that yeah. might not exist or translate very nicely in in english or french oh, wait. so i mean dude there's this huge work uh very ignorant the subject but it's something that's always kind of in the back of my mind of like man this could be is for my particular niche there's a ton of like amazing like bead making and making snowshoes and maple syrup like there's there's a ton of like indigenous practices that i think teach the world about but for, for as a language geek it's like there's that many languages in this country uh man there's there's gonna be a lifetime of work ahead so i mean on this podcast we want to get the people to talk to like kind of start to form a vision and there's people out there there's stuff happening so that's something i want to tap into sure man how amazing if we got this governor general on not only to talk uh, about imagine her yeah. talking about like a nictitook and learning french how yeah. amazing would that be yeah, we, so. it, it, we should definitely get someone who speaks in and uh, oh man, all these different yeah. languages. That'd all be these different languages. Where I teach in Strathmore is not too far from the biggest First Nations, the Siksika, the Blackfoot, they're referred to oh. First Nation in Canada. So there's there's speakers of Blackfoot in that community. So just start making these connections in the community. So, so yeah, yeah no, we'll it, get... interesting, fascinating stuff. Lots of fascinating um, stuff. It's fascinating um, stuff for sure. And and the complicate, you know, language, it can be the most unifying thing in the world, mm-hmm. but it can also be very divisive. That's right. That's and right. We and we're here to stuff. We're here to navigate it on the Holics podcast. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So all right. Should we wrap this up? Let's wrap it up. All right, folks. This has been episode forty nine. Of the Lingaholics podcast. Okay, if you've listened this entire way, episode 50 is going to feature Ale, also known as Langaholic, who I swear did not steal the name from. When I started our Twitter account, I discovered him after we already had Lingaholics. So it'd be pretty cool. Lingaholics and Langaholic for episode 50. Uh, We're currently working on an episode about the Afghan interpreter crisis that's happening. So another Canadian issue, but also an issue in many other countries and lots of guests down the pipe into this hot pod summer. So thank you for listening. Uh, Cody, if you came back and listened to the last half hour without you. We love you, man. Love you, buddy. And uh, everyone keep on with your languages, no matter what language it is. Even if you don't speak French yet, you can still learn French. I went. I went. All right. right. Peace.